2: For another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast. Uh, the entire crew is here because uh, we just had media day yesterday. Uh, George Stoya is here. Bob Persbillo is here. Uh, the man most likely to spend time in prison with uh, Hunter Deckers, Eddie Radosevich, is here. And uh, Josh McQuistion, uh joins us as well. I'm for
3: the functionality of entrepreneurs within the society of America. (laughs) And I stand with Hunter Decker. What a, uh, what a class and his parents apparently and his parents who seem like great people.
2: Uh, (laughs) I don't think that your parents would allow you to fake a gambling personality. No, probably not. I, is the interference with the investigations just simply based off of that, that I really haven't read much into it. I just kind of read the cliff notes, but I mean a starting quarterback in the big 12. That's crazy.
3: I mean, well, it's crazy that it's, the expected starter going into the season for an offense that wasn't necessarily very good last year.
0: Could you imagine if Dylan Gabriel got got that? I think OU fans would be like, "Oh yeah, Jackson Arnold time." I'd kill myself <laughs>
3: not being a part of some type of point shaving scandal. <laughs> I've said that before. Not being a part of it. Yeah, not, not being, being a part able of it. Not a part of it. Well, not being invited not, to be a part it, of it. What
2: was the thirty 30? for the guy at Rutgers? Was it Rutgers?
3: Oh, there's been a couple. Uh, HBO or Netflix did one of those specials about the guys out at Arizona State back in the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that was a good one. Uh, that was Enjoyed like the that. original one. And then Kent State had one a couple years ago. Okay. Well, i say a couple. I bet it's been more than 10, 15 years ago. But I the, think this uh, was
2: like either Penn State or Rutgers or something like that. It was back remember. east.
3: I can't remember. I It is, I mean, you know, Iowa's punter got dismissed this morning as well as part of it. It seems like it's just a madhouse in Iowa right now with people gambling, but... You know, Who I do. It's kind of like one of those things though. It's like I don't think that people should necessarily be as surprised as much as when you start talking about betting against your own team and stuff. That's where it kind of gets. It's, and see, I, I if mean the college football player wants to, you know, have a three-game NBA parlay they should on be a able Tuesday to do that, night. Yeah. I don't really see why it matters. But. Well,
2: and it's, you know, the NFL, I mean it's happening there and, and and that's the most, you know, publicized thing, but the Iowa thing got really big because so many people were involved in in you know, starting quarterback was involved. But it's just like with everything, media and everything is so gambling-driven now. It's like ESPN, you know, they have their own gambling people. I think they just laid one of them off. Um, and, you know, it's like who's to really know it because sports and gambling just seems to go hand in hand. So it's not like I'm – I don't think anybody's looking down on these players for doing this stuff. They're just like, well, should have known or really should have been Iowa State and Iowa basically – educating their players that they couldn't do. Because I'm, I'm sure none of that was going on. Which you wonder, could it happen at Oklahoma? Has it happened at Oklahoma? Oklahoma State, I mean. Well, I, mean, I think
0: I think part of it is the fact that it's so easy to do sure. in yeah, Iowa. Absolutely. I mean, like when absolutely. I lived in Colorado, you just get on the app and you, you you know, lose all your money. I mean, it's it's that <laughs> it's that simple, you know. And so I'm sure for them, like, that's the way they did it. It's just, I think it's more of a like... Like if you're Hunter Decker's, like just how stupid can you be? And like the way that they did it,
2: but for to fake your identity and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like that's the, it's like
0: what are you doing, man? Like,
2: are you I, re- are you really that good at gambling? Like, if he does get kicked off out of football, basically, apparently he's got a pretty good gambling career. To well, the Iowa start. kid,
0: the kicker, he bet the I saw he bet the under on the uh, Iowa Iowa State game, and that's it beautiful. actually went over. And I was like, that's actually a good bet. He got screwed. Yeah, he should have won a that's lot a of money beat. from that.
2: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um. No, it, that's kind of what's going on. But we had media day yesterday. It is time, uh, I think, for the Enjoy Vision uh, fresh perspective look around as we talk about the, everything that's going on right now. And, uh, you know, yesterday was a very long day. Um, started out at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, with, uh, t- with uh, Jeff Levy. And then I, I thought the most interesting part was, you know, just getting to talk to him over on the side a little bit. Uh, but all the offensive assistants came in. I know we were all kind of – enamored with uh, DeMarco Murray and, you know, how just his personality throughout yesterday. But Emmett Jones was great to talk to uh, as well. He had some great quotes and uh, some really interesting things to say about Jalil Farouk. Uh, And then the defense, you know, Brent Venables had his press conference, and he was finally able to, you know, comment publicly on his wife Julie's uh, cancer diagnosis. And obviously thoughts and prayers are with the Venables family and and those close to him because – uh, we, I know George and I were over there talking to Brandon Hall. He had a lot of really uh, you know, thoughtful things to say about Brent and what he's going through, and those guys have been together for so long. Uh, but I don't know, let's start with uh, George, you, just kind of your overall impressions of, of what you saw yesterday or what you heard.
0: Yeah, I just think that there was a lot of confidence, uh, it felt like. And, and, again, we heard it at Big 12 Media Days over and over again, but the competitive depth. I mean, that was a theme for all the assistants yesterday talking about their units and just feeling like they, they got more talent in there, whether it was through the transfer portal or some of these freshmen that sounds like, you know, some of these guys can make a, a real impact immediately. Um, that was kind of my takeaway. I, I thought Brandon Hall, him talking about Brent and what he's going through, but also what they expect to happen this year and talking about how they were able to go out and get the recruiting class that they were able to, despite last season, he feels like that's a sign of what, what is to come and, and what people think, this program can be going forward. So, And I um, think just
2: making all the new guys available was kind of like their moment yeah. to say, we're proud of what we did in the off season.
0: But, and all those guys too. And, and I said this to Eddie yesterday, walking out of there that, and maybe it was different because we didn't get to talk to as many players when I was here last, but every, every player pretty much was a really good interview. Like I enjoyed speak like there. It's very clear they're recruiting. Obviously, you know, try to recruit high level players, but
2: and they talked about that. Like, they like Todd Bates talked a lot about that yeah. yesterday. Like, if a kid is if they can tell right away that a kid is not focused on football, or maybe he's, he's what how did he, he had a, he determined it like um, not focused, but like if a player was moody, yes, he said mm. that if a player was moody, then that was a red flag for them because they want guys that come to practice every day ready to work and not, you know, not guys that are going to be pissed off and, you know, not being into it that day. Uh, and, and they, and that was kind of an over, Eddie, I thought that was an overriding uh, commentary yesterday was that they recruit character as much as they do talent.
3: Well, and not only that, but I think that it also kind of plays into the idea. And Brent talked about this during his, uh, his podium yesterday, just as far as instilling culture the way that you practice i think it, who've asked him you know how do you can you even practice getting off the field in third and fourth down is like it almost pissed off brent venables to think <laughs> that the idea that you can't practice that and i think that you know at, at some point it almost puts more expectation and more uh kind of intrigue into the season upcoming just for the fact that it's almost like last year was a building of culture and they had to fit everything in and you hear coming out of the summer how well things went with Schmitty and, you know, everybody kind of going through this for the second time outside of the obvious freshmen and the transfers. But at the same time, uh, they, they really wanted to instill a culture of, uh, you know, almost a mentality of what is being asked of you every day. And that's why it almost puts more pressure on you this season that if things do go South and it's not bad, I mean, if it's not good, then it's almost like a, oh, shit, here we go. Like, this is this is for real. Like, this maybe not work out. And uh, so, I don't know. I, like, I'm kind of like you, George. I, I think that it was one of those days that, you know, everybody wins the press conference. I thought everything that was said yesterday was going to uh, – was probably pretty predictable. But at the same time, I think that when you look at, you know, kind of what they brought in and as cliche and as, uh, you know, repetitive as it may be with the competitive depth stuff, uh, you do. You, like, you can go through the defensive line and there's a bunch of bodies there. They have to be contributors, though. They have to be difference makers.
2: Yeah, and Bob, uh, I thought if there was one player that uh, the coaches you know, felt like embodied what they're looking for uh, in, in guys that are on the team right now, Gavin Freeman is the poster boy.
4: He absolutely is. I mean, and Brent mentioned, hey, that doesn't mean our receiver room, what, he said sucks? Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't mean I it, laugh when that, he said that. That doesn't I mean. mean it sucks. It just it tells you what Gavin has been able to do in the year and a half that he's been a part of the program. And it's also, you know, what my thought from yesterday is that you can't worry about people's feelings being hurt. And I think we used to see that with Lincoln Riley, the – Kitty gloves, the way they would recruit, like, oh, we won't recruit any receivers in this class because we got them. We won't recruit a quarterback in this class because we got it for the last one. It's like you have to stack them, and Brent mentioned it, and that's why it's just you come off a spring practice, you get a Troy Everett. doesn't matter. Andrew Rames coming back. You get a Troy Everett. You just keep pushing these people every single step, and you can't worry about them being offended. It's like I have to build the best program possible
2: you need to figure out how you fit into it. I think he said at one point didn't he something to the effect of every player on this roster knows we're trying to recruit over them. We're trying to yeah. we're trying to replace He said
4: them. my my job is to recruit over you every every single year. Your job is to figure out how you fit Stay and, on the field, and, yeah. and take advantage of the chances you get.
2: So, uh, I mean, it, well, a lot more to get into. Uh, that's kind of a little preview. Uh, I know, Eddie, you can see something on the table with your own eyes uh, because I, this is what started to happen, I guess, at the office. Now, some I don't know if you guys are, have ever experienced this. I know uh, Comrade Static, our good friend, uh, he sent me um, Oh, what's the stupid movie with uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, the, Big dude, Lebowski? The, Lebowski. the Big Lebowski? The Big Lebowski. He come was on. so upset. stupid movie. No, no, I mean, come on. all Let's time. It. <laughs> I'm walking i out. I love I, the I'm movie, gonna, okay? I'm going to side
1: with George on this one. That's, that's kind of sacrilege. I uh,
2: There are a lot of things that I'm stopping to call stupid. Jimmy Buffett's one of them, too. Um, he's off my bad list. Great concert. Um, uh, stop it. Um, anyway, so, like, he sent me the Big Lebowski DVD one time because he was so offended that I'd never seen the movie. Uh, someone yesterday sent Josh an Arsenal jersey to the office,
1: Uh, Did you know who this person was, Josh? Was this something arranged? Yes, this was arranged. Somebody messaged me, and this was back, I would say, in like March. And so, and we can get into why this got complicated in a second. And had said, hey, I'm going to um, London. I think his granddaughter was playing in a bunch of soccer, like some big soccer tournament in England, and was like, I'm actually going to be at Arsenal Stadium. Well, I had a particular Arsenal jersey I was dying to have, and I was like, I, I I buy maybe an Arsenal jersey every three years, like not real regularly, but I do it often if I really like one. And so I said, hey, if you would get this this jersey with this name and number on it, I'll pay you double what 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 it cost you, like just for the effort. I'd be happy to pay you for it. Are you paying? And he's like, I got dollars. It. No, no, <laughs> no I, 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 this was this was out of pocket. So. Um, I and I, and he said, okay, great. So he gets over there, and he do, he's like, I got it, great. And like, and I mean, I was, I, I admit it, I was very specific about the one I wanted. Like, this is this is it. This is the one I want. So he sends me a picture, and I don't know that I've told him this, and I don't have the heart to tell him this anywhere else. It wasn't the one I wanted. Oh no. But Who is Saliba? It, it's it, Saliba, and it, that's one hundred percent. Uh Arsenal has, it's it's their I wanted their road jersey with just like black with gold lettering. It's it's badass. I've seen looking. that one, yeah. You you cannot find it anywhere. Like it is it is gone to the world. And I was like, and so I was like, I paid him anyway, because it was just, you know, obviously. Um but it was one of those things where he sent it to me and I was like, oh man, I was so crestfallen. Like it was just not exactly what I dreamed of. But It is a cool jersey. I can say that it's from London. It went through all this. But, yeah, we we arranged all that previously. But the problem was is we were arranging it right about the time we moved to On3. So having the messages link up was a real problem. Like I kind of lost track of him. And And then he found us on the site. And so I was like, I really don't want this guy to have to eat all this money because he doesn't know how to contact me. But I don't know how to contact him. So it was kind of a whole thing. But we, we got it sorted out.
2: I'm having a similar issue like with Grenansky right now. I'm trying to get him, you know, on the board and stuff. And, uh, even while we're doing the pod, he's texting me, what's my password? So I'm sorry, Grenansky, I'm trying to get you taken care of. And I will as soon as the pod's over. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like a lot of people, you listen to the pod, we have moved to a new network. It's on three. Um, we've got a special going on through camp right now. Uh, either if you want to get an annual, which we always recommend because we know that you're going to stay, uh, it's a twenty five percent off annuals right now, so it's seventy five bucks. Uh, or if you want to just try us out, you're not sure. It's a dollar a month for for one month. Pay one dollar for one month. That's just one month. It doesn't keep repeating. Uh, but that's a special if you want to try out the site. Get all of our camp coverage. Which if you're on the site right now, there's probably we probably set a scoop record for the amount of content we put online yesterday. I mean it has to be in double digits right i mean it's yep, crazy it is. um so we're going to have tons more of that uh Brent's great with practice access so we're going to be out there watching on Friday we're going to talk to Brent again on Friday uh so go sign up uh just go to soonerscoop.com uh click uh subscribe now it's a big green button up in the corner and uh enter that pro, you know just click on that link and it'll take you right to uh, the 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 page to sign up for a dollar for for the next month so or get twenty five percent off that annual so thanks for bringing that up but uh, no uh, Eddie uh, I I didn't know that the see and that was the thing Josh like you weren't excited when I posted that picture and I was like okay I guess Josh really thinks I threw it away
1: so that kind of explains it <laughs> no I just when you posted it I thought you meant like I. I I thought you were fucking around. Like, I didn't think you really were unsure of how that came to be in our office. Like, I really wasn't. That, uh, I, I mean, had no idea. It's an Arsenal jersey. Like, it, <laughs> I just figured there was <laughs> a scooper out there that just to.
2: wanted to send you a jersey. Sure. And if you um, want to send and, George a real watch,
1: you can do that too because he needs a <laughs> real watch. And this is, I mean, this this is, again, this is a primary difference that I think people misunderstand about Kerry and I. Carrie would send you the address to send it to I wouldn't give out my home address to anyone that is not like someone I have known for half a decade. Like George is questionable. I might give George my home address. Wow. I'm not sure. Um, I'll find But no, it. like, but Kerry's like, he's got like members with his number. Yeah, no sooner b- in Columbia number. just texted Nobody. me this morning
2: because he wants to come by the office when he's in town. That's like, not fair. Jern, Jern has my number. Didn't Col- Jern is the one member I know that has my there? phone number. <laughs> Grimlock is the only idiot of all the people that I've given my number to, all right? I mean, he's the only one who has crossed a line. And I mean, there's like I I like people text me and tell me about their weekends and I talk to them. It's fine. Like I would, uh, Comrade Static was telling me that he was going to see uh, a comedian. Who was it? Uh I don't know, Friday night in Tulsa. So,
0: you don't ever ask about my weekend. Oh. <laughs> I don't, oh. I don't think
2: your boss wants to know about your weekends. That's kind of... I've learned with Eddie. I don't need to... What I don't know is, is better for you. That's probably true. I see enough on
1: Instagram. I, I think, say, guys, Kerry was scarred enough with me in my my 20s, so like, I think he's just learned... he threw up in a him. brand
2: new car. I
1: mean, mm-hmm. nobody's going to mm-hmm. top that. That wasn't my fault.
2: <laughs> it absolutely <laughs> was your fault. I don't, you... I don't. You... Found the hospitality room at the Fiesta Bowl and you couldn't handle it. I which is No, I handled it quite well, actually.
3: It just the, the next blue morning was puke like, in my car a, said otherwise. It's a top five hangover? Like no doubt about it, one hundred percent top five hangover. Uh, he, I felt he awful like, that I, I, I didn't. I, I remember
2: c- that morning. You guzzled like two of those Blue Mountain Powerades.
3: Yeah, and I we went to that uh, the restaurant that was on the to uh,
2: practice before you diners, drive-ins,
3: and dives or whatever. I couldn't like couldn't eat. I that was it was a bad day. It was a bad day. <laughs> it was a really really bad day. You know what was a good day for me though
2: when you got uh, perfect vision.
3: When I got perfect vision from Enjoy. Enjoy Vision is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, and it's not even close. The, the combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care is life-changing. It was life-changing for me. What Enjoy Vision is going to do for the U40 listeners is pretty cool. $400 off LASIK. All you have to do is go to enjoywithme.com and use the promo code U40. That is N-J-O-Y with Me.com. promo code U40, and you can start seeing like me. Enjoy Vision, this is where you LASIK.
2: All right, um, you know I think as of yesterday. It's I mean, also
3: John Chin's fault too. I mean, we drink like
2: two I mean, and a half look, bottles. The of hospitality teal. room will get you. I mean, it's it's like being a kid going to a candy store. You're going to get a stomachache. What is that? Is that my computer? Yes. Please turn that off. Well, I don't understand it's an why an autoplay ad or something. Are you on ESPN? No, I'm
3: on SoonerScoop.com,
2: which oh, we're, we apologize we're for. It. <laughs> On three, you've ruined the podcast. Way to go. Sons of bitches. All right. No. um, You know, I think yesterday we talked a little bit about it, but, you know, Brent coming out and talking about Julie's cancer. um, I th- I think it was good that he finally got to say it because, you know, he'd said it at the women's uh, out. Of, your mom was there. Yeah. Uh, so there was another uh, lady I knew that was there. Uh, and I had a friend that's a mutual friend of hers. He texted me, said, hey, did you hear about this cancer stuff with Brent's wife? And I was like, yeah, we knew it. We just, you know, didn't – didn't because we found out, and it was just like we talked about, it, like, it's kind of one of those things, like, yes, it's journalism if you find something out and, and rep- you need to report it, but when it comes to personal stuff like that, it just wasn't my place, I felt, or our place to break that. That wasn't breaking news. That felt sleazy to me. Uh, so, you know, we – and the reason that we have relationships while we find that stuff out is because they know we're not going to throw that out there before the family's ready. Yeah. And it had to be on their terms, I thought. I, I
3: think it's much different if it's team news or, you know, if somebody gets arrested or right. if, you know, something like that happens.
2: This is something that affects a very play on personal... On
3: the, yeah. the only reason that it is, you know, quote-unquote a major story is because it's the head coach's wife. And right.
1: And it's a it's,
2: serious, serious situation. Yeah. Well, and I mean, me,
0: me and Eddie spoke because they announced it publicly at the coach's luncheon. And we were like we should probably post something on the board so we put something short on the board about it but we reiterated it was not something for public eyes but of course it got out and you know I I think it was good that he addressed it and and can kind of move forward but it's just a it's a tough situation
3: it's awful and you know I, I I don't think that something like this is there's never a you know awful time but on top of Brent's job and his responsibilities over the next you know six months seven months it's just it's a strain yeah yeah you i you truly feel for the guy having to go through something like this and then you know he talks about his mom and the way that she passed having stage four cancer which you know it just it's awful it's an awful disease and you know we just wish the best for julie and and i believe everybody was a part of the venables family
2: some confusion there i i know when we had been told it was it was discussed as stage two um you know when, when people close to Brent were letting us know what was going on because we reached out and said, hey, this is floating around. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wanted to let you know because this might get out there if you guys wanted to prepare. We didn't know how long. Like when we found out, it wasn't shortly after her diagnosis. Sure. They were still dealing with the emotions of it. Um, and that's why, you know, you want you want it to be on their terms. You want them to, to, to prepare themselves and their family and those close to them because – I can't imagine what it would be like to find out on the internet that, you know, someone close to you has cancer yeah. without you being told first. Yeah, it's
0: just uh,
3: – the whole thing is awful, and, you know, it. It, it it's kind of weird to, like, segue into everything that was football yesterday, but, uh, you know, it's just a – it's an awful time right now for them, and you just hope the best. And two I mean, boys, two girls. Uh, sure. Two girls, three girls. Two girls. two yeah. yeah. Two and two.
2: So, I mean, it's an entire family that's affected, an entire coaching staff, an entire team. I mean, yeah. an, an athletic department, so – uh, but thoughts and prayers, and I know they appreciate your thoughts and prayers, uh, you know, for Julie to, to make it through this. They are confident that, you know, everything's going to go well. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to take some time, and, and it'll be a couple of months of treatment and recovery and things like that. And as Brent said yesterday, radiation, chemo, that'll be determined uh, depending on the results of the first, you know, surgery. So, um, you know, praying for the family and hope for the best. No doubt. All right. Um. So... I, look, before we get back to football there was something else that happened this week and I, I really find it strange um, just and I know I'm not trying to put you in a, a bad spot Bob because you uh, are a basketball guy you have a very good relationship with Porter but I, and I asked you what you told me okay Porter's got a press conference and, and I guess I got the email and but you sent out the information like this at the time and my first question was but why? But why? Yeah. But why why? why on August first or July thirty first? July thirty first is Porter Moser having a media session with reporters and players. So, what was the reason behind? What was what was said?
4: I I think it was just a chance for him to maybe drum up some interest into what's going on into next season. Get some public comments about the transfers. All we've had is press releases. Mm. We hadn't talked to Porter. Since Kansas City, since the middle of March. And
2: they've practiced and stuff.
4: Yeah, and they've been practicing since, you know, the the first week of June, just like football. And he's, he's just been really busy, you know, between name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal. And just it's been as busy as the four or five month span that he's had in a long, long time and they were coming toward the end. Like I believe Tuesday was the final practice. You're not gonna do <laughs> some basketball media on football media day. So go ahead and make it Monday. But you just you got to hear his excitement. I guess you just just wanted to hear he's not defeated. You you know the way the first two seasons have gone. Clearly not the way that they all envisioned it going. But he's still you know fighting the good fight. He's confident about what he got through the transfer portal. Longer, more athletic. Better scoring guys that fit the system better, but then once you think you get it good, then Emmanuel Dildy leaves for Duke last week, and and that was that's a, a, a huge blow just because he's done so much for the for the program. He even got the promotion last month, and you know that's the good and bad thing. You hire really well with the assistants; they're going to leave. This is he's had eight former assistants that are head coaches. And now since going to OU, one of them, David Patrick, he had KT Turner leave after the first year to go to Kentucky. Now Dildy leave to go to Duke. He's clearly still doing things right. It just has to start translating with on-the-court success.
2: All right. Well, I mean, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, I think basketball, obviously, it, there's a lot of discussions that need to happen. I mean, arena, yep. NIL, I mean, all of that stuff it does seem like Porter's at quite a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, and at Dome's some point... It's kind of
3: amazing that he's brought in two players in each of the two classes here that were top 100 guys.
4: Yes. I mean, that's the one thing. That's where you kind of put all your eggs into the basket and say he is recruiting at an elite level for a program that maybe doesn't suggest that should be happening. Right. A little right. bit like Brent with the first year, but now it's like back-to-back years of elite guys. I think Caden Cooper is going to end up starting by the time conference season rolls of, you know, uh, gets here. Otega Los, They're already the cornerstones. They're taking ownership. They're taking leadership. I mean, that's where this program is. Hopefully in Porter's words, going to get old together. It's going to happen with those guys. It's retaining those guys. It's here. in Otega and Los say flat out. We weren't looking at the portal. We Never considered it for a second. We didn't care if people were trying to poach us. All we were focused on is what did we need to do to get OU better this next season?
2: You know, I'll I'll, I'll I'll pledge this right now. Like, Porter, you have an open window to come on the pod anytime you want. We'll make a special pod, you know, with you and Bob if you want to do that. We'll do it with players. We'll do some NIL. Like, if, if he needs some promotion, we'll promote. I mean, I that's what we're here to do is is to get more into the OU monster, the athletic department. And I'm down for that. Like and and I, you know, I Lawn was so open, but you know, it, it didn't really result in anything because it was just kind of it was just Melba toast. I mean, it was just it was just kind of vanilla. I mean It was. And, and it was awesome. It was open, It was great, but yeah. And you knew what was going on, but they're really, you know. I think Porter, not that he's closed up. I think he's a good guy. Every time I've dealt with him, I've really enjoyed talking to him. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he needs to promote the program a little bit more. And, you know, we need to figure out exactly what the athletic department's going to do with the stadium situation. And, you know, the city of Norman thing never really materialized after they did the survey. Like, it must have been that they didn't get enough support or something. Because they never released any of that stuff. George, they they you think we'll out.
4: hear something at the next Board of Regents?
0: Yeah, I got asked that question in one of my recent mailbags. I can't remember if it was this week or last week. But um, I heard that the survey thing that they sent out, they're still evaluating that was the phrase that I was told. Wow. And that uh, there should be some sort of update at the next Board of Regents meeting, which I believe is September, September, something, September yeah. something, like early <laughs> September. So... Hopefully, we get an update um, about that soon, but they have to make a decision, I would assume, this year on they have to, what the, have either, to. either you're going to renovate it or you're building a new arena.
2: Well, and they've committed to the new football facility, so that's like another kink in there because they've got to raise money for that, and we all know how this goes. You're building new dorms. You got you know athletic facilities. You drive you by
4: with. to Lloyd Noble. You see Love's Field.
2: Love's Field <laughs> <So>. <laughs> is making great progress. I mean, you got have you guys driven over by there recently? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mon- mean, you can see Monday. grandstands yep. going up. Um, and then they've got the baseball renovations coming. So it's going to be tough. But I mean, at some point, you've got to do something. And Lloyd Noble's been pushed to the back burner time and time again. And stop with the field house. They're not renovating the field house. That's not. That's never going to happen.
0: September twelfth. Border
2: regions. Border regions. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Uh, also, want to remind you guys before we get back to some football and football recruiting. Uh, PrimeShrimp.com. It is uh, ridiculously hot out there. Uh, just getting in the car and going somewhere is a, 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 you know just a pain in the ass, especially with families. Go check out PrimeShrimp.com. You can get restaurant quality meals right at home, right at your doorstep. They deliver it right to you. Uh, and uh, if you use the promo code scoop or U forty, use that promo code U forty. You're gonna get 25% off your entire order, $50 or more. You can pick uh, from all the different flavored uh, shrimp that they've got: the New Orleans style barbecue, uh, the the Louisiana uh, shrimp uh, crab boil, uh, Louisiana shrimp boil. I got that all messed up. Uh, French quarter Alfredo, signature Cajun uh, garlic herb butter, and Josh and I both had it. Uh, George, we're gonna get some in your hands soon, I promise. We're also gonna get your name changed on the start of the podcast.
0: I I can always just order it myself. I'm just being lazy and haven't done it yet. (laughs)
2: I'll, I'll I'll give uh, our guys a shout today because uh, I believe I need to do that anyway. Uh, but anyway, PrimeShrimp.com, great sponsor of the pod. They take care of us, take care of them. Go order your Prime Shrimp. Get an easy meal at home. You just boil some water uh, under 10 minutes, take it out of the package. You got restaurant-quality food right in front of you and healthy. So go check them out, PrimeShrimp.com. Use that promo code U40 and get 25% off any order of $50 or more. Uh, let's take a little break from uh, media day and get into some recruiting. Four uh, commits, Josh. Lots to talk about there. Uh, and I You know, ready? I, I feel like we need to reward Josh coming off a of basketball talk anyway.
4: <laughs> Josh, you want to start 2025 or
1: 2024? Sorry, you got to warm me up a little bit. I kind of I checked out there for a while, <laughs> but now we're we're ready. No. <laughs> we're uh, burning this Arsenal jersey right now. <laughs> uh no i I, you know i I think um you could really start anywhere i I think what's happening in 2025 might be the most interesting but i know for most people 2024 being more more um immediate uh, obviously gives a little more credibility
4: party at the palace already paying off go ahead
1: yeah you know it and we talked about this last week it was a smaller event. There wasn't a lot of the headliners that you saw last year, the Colton Vosics, the David Hicks, uh, the Macquarie Vickers, some of those kind of guys. But I think it was a really good shot at kind of getting the class to gel a little bit, getting, um, some, a lot of the commitments together. Um, especially I, I think on the offensive line, it was kind of interesting where you had a couple of commitments like Eugene Brooks and Isaiah Autry, Mixing with Josh Ayasosa and uh, Grant Bricks, so uh, I think you saw some of that coming together. Obviously, like Bob alluded to, Michael Patterson McDonald makes his decision on Monday night, commits to Oklahoma. Not not a huge surprise to anyone, but obviously another kind of domino to fall for Oklahoma, where they start to get you know they you just start looking at what they have left. Some of the elite guys on their board the things that are happening around those players are not only good for Oklahoma, but they're making some really smart moves. And I I think when we talk about Michael Patterson, McDonald, it obviously leads you down the road to one of his very good friends, David stone. Uh, that, you know, David talked to, excuse me, Michael talked to Eddie and Bob at his announcement about he and David talking about playing together since they were kids. There was even some, you know, quiet talk that I know some people kind of learned of, that David Stone took a look at playing at Westmore this year. I mean, that that was a realistic possibility at one point in the spring, but it decided to stay at IMG. Um, I think both, you know, he and his mother came to that being the best, you know, kind of resolution to his senior year for David. But those guys want to play together. Then you throw in Jaden Jackson, and I think the most interesting move of all was the situation with bringing Chris Littlehead to come and work with a bunch of the defensive linemen. Chris Littlehead is David Stone's trainer. He also works with Bergen Kaiser, who committed today. Um, There's a lot of stuff OU's doing that we talked for years about Oklahoma not doing the things in the background that would help them land recruits. All the guys, a perfect example, and I'm, I'm going really far afield here, I apologize. But like Jacob Phillips, when Jacob Phillips committed, no, Eddie, Terry, no, I know, Josh, no. I know, I know, I know. Everybody's upset. I hear it. You, every, people are yelling at their cars. We just when we, we, just, we just had a much more pleasurable trip to Nashville, <laughs> so we're, we're good. <laughs> One of the things that I heard people talk about in the background was that LSU, whether they planned to take some of the guys that trained with Jacob's trainers or not, they offered those guys, and oh, OU wouldn't do it. OU would not offer those guys. They weren't involved with them, and I think it hurt OU's relationship with that trainer, and it kind of let LSU in the back door, and we all saw how that played out. I think Oklahoma now, this staff does a much better job of understanding those relationships and the things that you have to do to make... It's not just about we recruit that player or we recruit mom and that player. There's a lot of people around these big elite recruits like david stone or williams Renery, and you have to make sure all those people are getting their moment in the sun so to speak and that's that's not to say that chris littlehead isn't a good trainer there's a lot of kids that work with him he's a he's good at what he does he's a kid i covered when he was a recruit so like i i i think i said i called him a kid that w- when i recovered him but whatever chris is a good dude known him a long time um All right, Josh. So I like what they're doing. Yeah, go ahead, Bob. I've gone on a wild, uh, far afield there.
4: In in a way that almost sounds like it's a pity offer. So I'm just a common fan here. Patterson McDonald belongs in this class, though.
1: I think so. I think you have to understand that, and uh, again, talking to the fans that feel this way, you have to understand not every guy is going to be. A future all-american like the math says if you get what 10 percent of your class 15 percent of your class to play anywhere near that you've got a really good class like that's really really good and so i think people have this conception that every guy you've got to shoot for the moon every guy's got to be this unbelievable player and i think michael patterson mcdonald could be a a multi-year starter like i think that's possible um is it exactly what I would predict predict? No, probably not. But I, I I can see a world where that happens. But at the same time, I think he's a kid that's bought in on the program. He believes in what the coaches believe in. He's gonna be a guy that's in there in the locker room and gonna work the way they want him to work, gonna do the things he you know that is that are asked of him. So I, I think there's a lot that they like beyond just the talent, but he's a better player than people think. Like people are trying to make him into like, Oh, it's just, a like you said, Bob, like a courtesy offer that that's not the case. Like, Oh, you wouldn't have done that. They would have done what they've done with some other guys in the state where they said, okay, we, we're going to get you an NIL deal. We're going to make you a preferred walk on. We're going to give you every amenity we can possibly give you short of giving you a scholarship. They didn't have to offer him, but they knew a, that, yes, sure, it helps with David Stone, because we've talked about it a lot. He was, David was on the phone when when Todd Bates offered Michael Patterson-McDonald. That's, that can't be ignored. I mean, it's just a reality. But at the same time, there are other guys in the state that they are jumping through these hoops with, like, we want you, we want you to know we want you, but we can't quite offer you a scholarship. So, I... Again, he's a good player. I think he's got he's got some physicality to him. He closes well. He's he. I think more than anything, he's a very smart player, and I guarantee that's what Brandon Hall and Brent, when they watch him, that's what they fall in love with. He's a guy, when he sees it, he triggers really fast, and he's going to be all over the field. So I, I like him more than most people do, but at the same time, I, I do think you have to understand the context of, like, it's okay if a guy you sign – Is a you know maybe his best case scenario is a multi-year starter. Like I compared him to Will Johnson, I could see that for him. Like play some corner, play some safety, does a little bit of everything. Hopefully they don't try to line him up over a tight end against Ohio State. Let's not repeat that. But other than that, like there there are ways he can be a very useful player.
3: I think there's also maybe a bigger commentary here, just talking about, and it's a little bit of what they've already started to do in 2025, Josh. Just as far as it was something that Brent talked about from literally day one, locking down the state of Oklahoma. And, you know, I, I think that we could probably get into that commentary just as far as, you know, what they're already doing in 2025, what they're doing in 2024, even with Bergen Kaiser today. Even though he's probably I most likely, I think, that we've confirmed he's going to be a, a preferred walk-on, you want the best players in the state to stay in in the state in Oklahoma and come to Oklahoma and play and be a part of the program uh you know I I don't know how much that truly means at the end of the day but it's something that Brent said he wanted to do and you look up about a year and a month or whatever into this thing and that's what they're doing
1: I I don't think there is anything There's a lot of stuff that Brent said in that initial press conference, and we've talked about some of it, that I think he's learned to flex on a little bit. I don't think there's been any flexion on what they were going to do in-state. Like They were going to make that a priority. I can tell you, as that staff came in, one of the first conversations I had was someone seeking out any name of any validity in the state of Oklahoma. And they have followed that, and they have dug deep, and they find guys. uh, Guys, I mean... Uh, Bergen Kaiser is a great example. Bergen Kaiser, uh, I can tell you, comes from a family uh, that has some Oklahoma State connections. Like, I'm not saying he grew up an OSU fan. I won't say that I've had that conversation with Bergen, but I know there are people around him in his family that are. Um, and so it is. It's interesting to see that Oklahoma was able to make this push. I thought. It, I remember Eddie when we were there that day at camp, and I saw him, and we talked a little bit. I was like, huh? Okay, Oklahoma's just kind of keeping him around, and then when he showed up at the party at the palace, you're like, oh, they have some plans here. They're doing something, and I spoke to a source yesterday, and they were like, yeah, we're trying to work on some NIL stuff. Gonna make that work for him as well as they can, and I, I think that's 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 amazing. This is kind of like. Um, and I don't know if only Carrie and I will really remember this, but this goes back to like in the '80s when Nebraska was using all those weird scholarships, sure. like they had guys mm-hmm. that had never wrestled before on the wrestling team, using you know that were that are football players for any other every county any in Nebraska definition. would kept,
2: would put county together scholarships, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. And I know um, in, in baseball, LSU has done some similar stuff like that in the past. So there is, and it's. And it's uh, the difference being this is all completely legal. Like Oklahoma can do this, and I think it's awesome. And, I, you know, talking to a few people uh, around Santa Fe, they were like, this is this is the good of NIL. This is when it can be really good that a kid like Bergen-Kaiser can get an opportunity. And, guys, I, I mean, Eddie, you've seen in-state walk-ons. There aren't many that look like Bergen-Kaiser. I mean, he is six four, two thirty, 230, mm-hmm. and he's cut out of wood. Like he is a big, sturdy dude, and to have that guy – to add to your roster. He's in that extra 20, that 80, you know, 6 to 105 group. Man, I mean, you start making your walk-on program like that and and those kids get compensated. They can get they're not just, you know, coming because they love the program. They're coming because they know you want them. And I think that is a that's a huge deal. And this like I said, it is as you look around the state, you're seeing this pay off. I I've put in two predictions in the last 48 hours for Oklahoma to land elite 2025 prospects, Marcus James at Carl Albert and Jaden Nickens at Millwood. Guys, not only is OU, in my opinion, going to get a star at Millwood, but they're going to get him early. Do you remember what a dogfight Millwood was <laughs> for years? And now I think they're in great shape to maybe have Jaden Nickens in their class before the start of the season.
3: You know, it's kind of amazing, and I I know we're going to get back into the media today stuff here in a second, but just listening to – Emmett Jones talk about you know being in the job that he's in now and developing players. I mean, it's very apparent why he has started already to stack classes in 2024 and 2025. Just
2: were any of you it's over very there? Very infectious when he was talking about Gavin Freeman. Yeah,
3: I asked the question. Okay,
2: explain that whole thing because that was fascinating. Well, he
3: was basically talking based. It, it kind of came down to you know. I I think the first question that I asked him basically was. Uh, you know, you talked
0: about the room, you talk
3: about yeah. competitive depth. And I know that yeah. that's become kind of a cliche line throughout, uh, you know, the entirety of what has been the summer and your room. Is that not the best example of that? Because there are so many bodies in there that are going to be buying for playing time. And uh, you know, I, he answered the question and it kind of spilled into uh, you know, Gavin Freeman has to be the perfect example of what you're talking about. Somebody that, doesn't really care about you know what he was rated. I, I, he basically said it, he could be a five-star, he could be a walk-on, it doesn't matter to me. And then that kind of delved into uh, the Gavin Freeman stuff. I know that we're gonna talk about the media day wrap-up stuff here later, but it just kind of made me think of what they are, what they're doing as far as recruiting. It's very apparent, talking to all the coaches yesterday, that uh, you know Miguel Chavis, Emmett Jones, Todd Bates, all of these guys have very Passionate, infectious uh, personalities. And you can tell why a team that went six and seven last year was able to hold on to a top five class. You can tell why 2024 they've already started off on the right foot in uh, you know, getting the number one player in the country and a running back in Taylor Tatum. And it's just it, it makes a lot of sense, and especially with the focus that they have on the state of Oklahoma. Uh, you know, it's like a guy like Xavier Robinson, Josh. There's no chance he's in this class had a previous staff recruited him. They probably wouldn't even have recruited him. And it just it it, it's starting to make a little bit more sense. It always, you know, you always fall back on this idea. It's gonna have to come together on the field. There's no doubt about that, because that's how they're gonna be judged. But at the same time, you can kind of start seeing what they're angling and what they're trying to do, both on the team side as well as the recruiting side of things. And, you know, I I guess it makes sense for now. Uh, when you know they haven't gone out and played like shit, but at the same time, it's kind of exciting that there is it does seem like there's a vision. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
2: Well, and specifically what I was talking about was you know the recruiting of Gavin Freeman at sure. Texas Tech. And, yeah,
3: and, and, and how Jones was told to not.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. not contact them. Stop, yeah.
3: stop talking to him. So Emmitt Jones basically, I mean, he put it out there that uh, you know when he departed from Tech. They basically, he had gotten a text message that said uh, to basically like stay away from him, kind of. It was almost kind of a threat, wasn't it?
2: From Gavin. Uh,
3: yeah, from well, Gavin. It, yeah. Not from Gavin, but about Gavin to stay away from him. Because he said
4: Gavin was one of the first calls that that he made. And I was like, I
3: don't ever do that again. Yeah. And I, you know, I I think that the way that tech handled that whole situation, they really fumbled it, uh, you know, really pissed, pissed people off, off. Gavin off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to go from your only scholarship offer to basically being told a couple of days before you're supposed to sign that not only can they basically told him, Hey, why don't you look around a little bit? Like, you're not, you're not so welcomed here. And especially in this early signing period. And, you know, I, I think that it was Oklahoma's game. They took a chance on him. And as it turns out, he's turned into, you know, Brent Venables is talking like he's the best wide receiver in the, uh, the group. I have some, interesting gavin freeman stuff later on in the uh, the program that we can talk about when we're talking about wide receivers another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Okay, uh, anything else recruiting-wise that you want yeah, to I mean, Oh, we,
3: we've hit one we, of Yeah, four- we've hit yeah, one picks. guy. Uh, Josh, 2024, it was always going to be the plan. They were always going to take another quarterback, and obviously, uh, Brendan Zerbrug, from uh, alliance ohio is next in line Six three one eighty came in over the weekend and uh, ends up committing to uh, oklahoma on tuesday
1: i'm just excited that we have our first form uh, future staffer on the ou roster radosevich mcquistian Stoya, zurbrug i mean like it's just it writes itself Kerry may need a legal name change to fit the the uh Weird Midwestern style names, but we're we're gonna go with it. Um, Jared
2: asked me the other day if I, on purpose, hire people with last names that are difficult to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said I told him that's diversity, and no one can tell me anything otherwise.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what w- I believe diversity to
2: be.
1: Yeah, we we've got between Eddie and Bob, I think we've got the Eastern Bloc covered. Like we are strong there, so uh, I don't. Stoya, I don't know what Stoya. I don't know Romanian. that one at all. It's Is Romanian, it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we're, I Born mean, from now vampires. we might need to spread out a little bit. I think we're getting a little Eastern European there. We, we might have to work on this a little bit.
2: We'd need um, Irishman maybe because we've got two Scots.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but I, I can't work with those people.
2: I mean, hey,
1: they're, they're great. <laughs> all right, great. DEI training starts <laughs> next week. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, Brendan Zerbrug. um, you know, we've talked about this as far as clearly Oklahoma wanted a, a second quarterback in this class. And I, I think it's easy to understand why next year you're going into the year with Jackson Arnold and whatever, basically you bring in this off season because you know, the, it, there is, I don't think there's any expectation that Dylan Gabriel is going to be around Davis Bevel. Like, I mean, it's, uh, there is. It's going to be a young quarterback room. There's no other way to say that. So they needed a guy. And with Brendan Zerbrug, I think they've found a pretty interesting guy. I mean, this is a guy that I didn't even realize it, but as I was writing up some of the um, the commitment articles, this is a guy that's run sub-11 uh, sub in the 100 meters uh, in, in high school. So very good athlete, fits what Levy wants to be able to do with some of that quarterback run game. Uh, when you watch him throw – I, it's not perfect, but he's he's good mechanically, really does a nice job staying square. Um, I, I think is very good in the upper body. But what I what I like is you see some touch on his downfield throws. He really is good throwing the ball vertically. I've got to think that was a, a big appeal for Jeff Levy. Not a huge arm, but very good with his timing, his placement. Um, I, I think this is a guy that if – if he was to hang around for several years, you know, doesn't come in and, you know, like we see so many quarterbacks come in, they don't win the starting job and they leave the next year or whatever. But if he was willing to stick it out, maybe beyond Jackson Arnold's tenure, maybe, maybe he develops into something. I I think he's kind of interesting given some time to fill out his frame. I mean, he's, you can tell on tape, he's a very lean guy. Like I said, does a lot of track. So there's, um, I think he's a pretty good hurdler from what I've come to understand. So Um, I I think there are pieces that I like here that, that make a lot of sense. And again, you're getting another guy, uh, that can come in. I, even if you want to look at it from the angle of, he was going to go to Syracuse or Northwestern. So gotta be a pretty sharp kid from what you can understand. You'd think he'd pick things up pretty rapidly. And, um, I I just, again, I like, I like the pickup as far as what he is. I'm not saying he's going to go be an all American, but for fitting OU's needs and still having some upside, I think he's kind of interesting.
4: Let's close out 2024 talk because we you know you, we have to. Williams, Winnery and Caden Durham. What's, what's
1: changed in the last week? Oh, wow, Bob. <laughs> Way to just drop that one on me. Uh, no. Uh, with Williams, Winery, it sounds like he's pushed back this decision another week. It was supposed to be next Monday, uh, August 7th now it sounds like it's going to be August 14th but that's one of those things that at some like at one point it was going to be the first and then it was going to be the 7th and then it's now it's going to be the 14th like at some point you think it's going to happen but I just don't know um I I'm kind of of the opinion this is OU in Missouri I know Tennessee kind of keeps trying to talk like they're in it and I I'd be foolish to write Georgia off completely but just based on the conversations I'm having, it sounds like it's OU and Missouri to me. Um, I think Oklahoma has the relationships. I think Oklahoma has the NFL track record with with Bates and Venables and that staff. Um, I think Missouri has a big-ass bag of NIL, like one of the biggest numbers I've ever heard um, in, in a non-quarterback conversation. I mean, this is... It's huge. I mean, and I uh, like, I will say, just because I, it's been thrown around on our board some, there's been talk of 750 a year, and I'm not even going to tell you that's that far off. Like, I, I don't think that is – that. that's not that far off from the numbers I've heard. Um, so that can give you an idea. And I know people will say, oh, Oklahoma Oklahoma's put together a really good package. Like, it's not it, – uh, this is Missouri knows Eli Drinkwitz is up against the wall and they are throwing massive bags at him and Ryan Wingo, just absolutely huge numbers. And I, it's interesting talking to Missouri folks for like, what is that going to do? What is that going to fix? Um, if you're going to spend that kind of money, why weren't you in the portal getting Sam Hartman or something like do, that? That would have served you much better and, you know, given you a better chance to save your job because that's the whole thing here. Say he picks Missouri and Missouri tanks it this year. What does that mean? Like, what does that do for the whole thing? So if I'm OU and he picks Georgia, oh crap, that's a real problem. If he picks Missouri, I'm not hanging up the phone. I'm doing the same thing I've done. We're recruiting you just like we did. We're going to stay on the phone. We want you to come down. Like that's all going to work just like it has. So we'll see. Um, But I, if you made me pick this minute, I think I'd pick Oklahoma, but something tell I, I've got this bad feeling like I'm gonna flip my pick to Missouri here before long just because again a number like I'm hearing it's just really really hard for a high school kid to say no to that um with that's it's amazing, that, amazing. amazing.
3: seven it, it's I mean I don't know if we want to get into this conversation is, <laughs> is one defensive lineman is is he worth that is that like no okay
2: I, no. I that, you could get he might
3: be you worth could get it to two like two or
1: three really good ones for that price. He
2: might be worth it to a team that is already good, I right? Mean, like yes, exactly. But yeah, when like, you have so many other problems, it's like, it's like you know when the who is the who is the uh, Williams the defensive tackle from Alabama that the Jets took like with their first pick, Quinnen Quinnen Quinnen, Quinnen yeah, Williams, yeah, yeah. 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 like. He was drafted to a bad Jets team. And, and I know that you have to do that in the NFL. You have to draft great defensive linemen when, when you have the chance. Uh, but it's like it didn't make them better immediately. Now it's paying off because they built a team around him and they got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, sorry, Bob. Um, I know you probably still hate him. Um, can we get an F out of you for that one? Nah. Aaron Rodgers, he's not Isaiah Thomas. He doesn't deserve f nah, out like Isaiah No, that's Thomas. adult Bob. That's not worth childhood Bob <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, but no. I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, to pay that much for one single defensive lineman when it's your crazy. team's not good, it does it. No general manager would do that. That's crazy. Missouri and needs a general manager, apparently. And I, you know,
3: I guess the conversation would be like the next step is, you know, what's the difference in? I'm just throwing numbers out there: five fifty and seven fifty. Like, if you're going to be paying five fifty, you might as well go seven fifty. That if you really thought that that's what. He wants, or but here's the that's thing what too. Like
2: you mentioned it, like that puts the target on Eli Drinkwitz back. Sure, yep, one hundred. If you're paying that much money for to get players and you're still not competing in the SEC, you're gonna get fired. Sure, and you know well, we, we, Josh, Carrie, and I
3: kind of cooked this up yesterday. Like Missouri definitely has some Texas A and M vibes. They're like a Texas A and M light. That I don't know. I I I think the fan base kind of. I mean, they're insane, obviously, but it just it seems like it's a lot.
1: It and it's one of those things where it's not just I mean obviously yeah it puts a big ass bullseye on drinkwitz it also puts a big ass bullseye on those two kids. Sure. Like that that oh you're going to come in and save us. I've been here for 3 years sweating my ass off working to make this and now this little freshman who's never played a snap of football is making more than this entire locker room combined. Like nope. I mean, that that's that's a recipe for disaster. Well, be the second highest paid they,
3: person probably
2: on staff outside of Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> but I think they've gotten used to it because like that's how they kept Luther Burden. around. Right yeah, now. I was
4: going to say. Sure. What I don't know what Burden's price. Pr- price Where Where do sure. does
0: Missouri
3: get the money? Who's like who's We were booster? looking this
2: up yesterday. Like uh, the ex-wife of
0: Jeffrey Laurie. Yeah, is, and she's a Walton. She's a Walton. I think there's yeah. a lot of
3: Walmart money back mm. up into Missouri, and then I'm sure that in St. Louis, I mean, they lay off a lot of greeters. There's there's a lot was, of people.
0: Maybe Eli Letterman. Missouri grad
1: well he could be you know and Carrie, <laughs> something you brought up it's interesting that I never really thought about before you're talking about Missouri needing a general manager that general manager is going to know that if Eli gets fired he's gone too it's right, not like yeah. the NFL where you, you know the general manager did the firing and now we'll, we'll bring in our own guy and build this roster the way we you know that the way that fits both of us so it's it's in his best interest to just be like, nope, spend whatever you need to, because he's in the same boat with Eli Drinkwitz. There's no separation, you know, uh, of those two entities right, yeah. he's just, there's, you know, they're... there's no checks and balances. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I, I think that's an interesting thought is should someone like that be an athletic department employee rather than a football department employee? And I mean, I, it would be tough to make that work because, the coaches have so much power in the hiring uh, and firing. But um, I, I, I guess I'd never really stopped to think about it along those lines. But yeah, w- with Winery, I mean, again, if it's Missouri, you know, we'll why? See where that goes. You know why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I don't, I know there's going to be some Missouri fans who are be like, oh, he's being a homer. The Missouri sources I talked to would pretty much tell you the same if they got a few beers in them sure. like that. It's, it's, they they know what it, it's the same reason that Luther Burden picked Missouri. Josh, like, is w- he we, we, Neon we think Boudreaux Burden picked Missouri on merit?
4: Josh, yeah, re-ask your question. I'm sorry, I is, didn't hear is, you is well. he Neon bu- bu- uh, bu- uh, Boudreaux from B- Blue Chip? For he's not even asking for it, and it's just being given to
1: him. I think there's some of that. I, I I've never gotten the impression that he was a kid with his hand out. Like, and I I don't think. OU would be as hard after him as they have been if he was. Um, But at the same time, he's so freaking good. He's the number one player in the country. He's from the state of Missouri. There's a lot that makes him very important to Missouri, and I'm sure they see him as a lifeline. But again, if you want to spend those kind of numbers, God, go get you three really good defensive linemen. Like, go go do it that way. One defensive lineman's not going to cure your problem. Like, I just... I don't know. It just—it all seems so foolish to me. Um, but I, I know you asked about Caden Durham as well. I, for those that don't know, I flipped my pick from Caden Durham from a long-time pick of Oklahoma to LSU following his uh, his visit to their kind of pool barbecue event over the weekend. As the week has gone on, it has gotten back to where I'm like maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like it, it is oh. OU is clearly not giving up this fight. They are going to keep battling. Um I know I put in a story that there was some conversation of, you know, maybe OU uses that scholarship towards Andy Bass, and I still think that's possible. But I wonder if Andy Bass based on some things I've heard, and I need to, I may have this in scoop on Friday. Um OU has a pretty interesting opportunity with him to have a scholarship player that won't count towards the scholarships um so the, I, and i've been trying to check and make sure this is all valid like the way they could work the way it that i'm told it would um because it's just a it's a scenario i haven't heard really before so it's kind of interesting and give us but, an update um, on
2: andy bass exactly who he is all that stuff
1: Yeah, sorry. Uh, Andy Bass, kind of athlete from Heritage Hall, a guy that uh, released his top three, I think, Sunday night, Monday night, something like that, Uh, that was Oklahoma, Syracuse, and Kansas State. Um, Syracuse and Kansas State, to my knowledge, are full, normal scholarship offers. Oklahoma, as it stands, is kind of of like Bergen-Kaiser that we talked about earlier, an NIL NIL preferred walk-on type of deal. Um, I think that could change, and I know – when they made the offer to him after his showing at, uh, one of OU's camps in the summer, I think it was the June 13th camp. Um, they told him like right now this, you know, it's the NIL type of situation, but maybe something opens up down the road. We'd like it to, and then we'll get you on scholarship. So I think that's possible. But again, I'm not sure even that is going to be necessary because he's kind of a unique scenario for a few reasons. Um, but but anyway, uh, w- with Durham, I I just feel like there is such an element to him. And I know Mike Hell talked about it with Eddie and Bob. Caden Durham has some troll in him. Like there there is some absolute <laughs> want to throw people off the scent. And, you know, him, he goes to OU's, um, the party at the palace on June 16th. Then he goes to LSU, I believe, the next weekend. And has since gone to a and then also went back to LSU again last week and was there for like two or three days. He he was there for quite a while. Um, it's a pretty elaborate troll Trolls. if that's what he's doing. And I, you know, hats off to him. That I, I get it. These kids love to have fun with that stuff, and that's fine. I got no problem with it. But it's pretty elaborate and pretty damn expensive if that's what he's doing. But at the same time, I I just hear Oklahoma's Like right there, right there in the thick of this thing, and him, you know, just doing some of the things he's doing. And I know the relationship he has with Michael and David Stone and all these other guys. And now the rumor is Colin Simmons is leaning back to Texas. Mm, If that's the case, and that was what a lot of people thought was going to take him to LSU, he and Colin were going to go together. There's not a lot of obvious connection to him and LSU other than obviously the track program. But Something somebody brought up, and it's a good point. Caden Durham's like a ten five hundred meter guy. Lightning fast. I mean, that's that's crazy fast on any football field in the country. In track? That's not, that's not scary. He could that's probably not run for Somalia. fast. Huh? He could
3: run for Somalia.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that, I, I, that's not...
3: I don't know. That video's gone viral. So that's a
1: I maybe an to the reference. I didn't get the reference I mean, at all. Yeah, Sorry.
3: The president of the Somali... Like Samoan, Samoan uh, national, whatever, sent his niece mm-hmm. to run the 100 against world-class athletes uh-huh. at like the World Juniors, if or she something. she was terrible. It's one of the best videos of all time.
2: I have to, I have to find this now.
3: They, I mean, f-
0: they, f- the other women finish, and she's not even like half. Carrie, late. they like the the camera pans. <laughs>
3: the she ran, she ran a twenty-one eighty-three hundred. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, that sound it's is all of us. Yeah. Yeah. like, she <laughs> like, 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 you know like, looks like she's jogging at the beginning of every track uh, in field event. You know, they do like the intros to yep. like, it's like a uh, Saturday Night Live skit when they get to her, and God bless her, but she she doesn't belong. We'll just put it that way. It's it's a pretty fun. Sorry, I thought more people had seen the video. Continue. I on. I'm
1: watching it now. Yeah, it's it's great.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing.
1: Oh he like fifty thousand retweets on this.
2: Is it? Is it a TikTok or is it? It's a. It's, a, it's, it's, it's all a Twitter.
3: over Twitter. Barstool tweeted
1: it out yesterday. It's, I was going to say. I, I just it's I searched Somalia track and it came up. It's so. perfect.
3: But yeah, like as you were saying, ten five track speed. That's you know obviously a little bit different than uh, probably what LSU's
1: looking for, right? Well, yeah. I mean, like you compare that to the kid from uh, Houston a couple years ago that everybody, the the big white kid. Let's yeah, be yeah, honest, yeah. The the white, kid that went to white. Georgia. Yeah, he was running like oh, 10 dude, flats. Man. He was crazy. And now he can't even make the finals in in some track events. So, like, Matthew there is, uh, like, uh, again, I, I get that they're selling him on the track thing, but it's that's a secondary thing no matter how much people want to make it into something else. So, I, I don't know. It, it, it is, we'll see. But I, I think with Dura, in both these races, it's very tight. I don't think either of the two answers would surprise me uh georgia in winery's case would be a mild surprise at this point but i wouldn't be i mean it's georgia i'm not going to be bowled over by that uh yeah could you get a situation
2: where he just finds making the decision between oklahoma and missouri
1: is too bad and he just uses georgia as a way to get out of it? it it's possible but i can say the the things that the proximity to home has come up a lot i've heard in his recruitment and that obviously Georgia's farther away than either of the other two options and Georgia's NIL is nowhere near Oklahoma's so he he's going to be taking several steps back um, it, it's interesting like I said I, I haven't put this on the board people are going to be mad as hell that I said, talked about this in the podcast but it is I feel like about a week ago I was like 60 40 OU and I feel like I'm, I'm about 50 50 right now like I, it, it's getting real coin flip for me
3: as for the rest of 2024, I mean, the the month of, uh, I guess the rest of the month of August, it's going to be obviously kind of interesting with what happens with Winnery. Uh, you got David Stone out there. I, you know, and I, dead period I don't want to say, like, have, have your thoughts changed on David Stone, because I think it's pretty repetitive where everything is at right now. Uh, obviously, the Michael Patterson, McDonald stuff is, uh, you know, current and it's new, and he's going to be working on him to join the class. But outside of that, Josh, 2024, everything's. Feels like it's kind of slowed down a little bit.
1: It has to a degree. I mean, you're you're going to have, um, you know, I, I mentioned Josh Ayasosa on August, August 14th. If it if it goes down the way I'm talking about it, Josh Ayasosa uh, has announced his announcement. Williams waneri and then there's a, another guy or two that I aren't quite, haven't quite put dates on it that are throwing around that day as well. So there is there's a lot of possible activity. I've got on my list right now seven players that I think will be done before the end of August. Um, most of which I would pick Oklahoma with right now. So there is um there there's a lot to come. Uh, and then you've got and then you immediately turn around in early September with Braden Platt and Nigel Smith. So twenty twenty four has slowed down a little bit just because I mean you look to. at where they are in the class. Yeah, there sure. there's <laughs> you're getting into numbers. Like there's 17 guys and we knew we knew it would play this way that they'd be real busy in June, July, and August, and then by the time September rolled around, I mean you're finishing out maybe final three, four pieces. I mean like there's unless they miss on a lot more guys than I expect them to, I don't think you're going to see a lot of chaos and a lot of new offers. Now, I think you're seeing Oklahoma taking a look at some defensive backs. I, I've seen some of that. Some uh, I'm hearing some words like that where they are looking at some guys around the uh, around. Texas largely but there's some others nationally where I've talked to a few of the guys and it's more of like OU's kind of monitoring them from what I can pick up but um, they're they're going to avoid the thing that I mocked USC for after the Taylor Tatum thing they're not going to get caught not with a ready backup option they they know what they're looking for. They know who they're trying to track down. And if they don't feel good about a guy, then they'll make a move toward another one and just keep, keep going forward. So they, uh, they have a pretty clear plan in place, which I think should probably bring some ease to OU fans that again, I I know you want to get the plan a guys every time. And obviously that's important, but it's also important to have those relationships cultivated because you're not always going to get plan a,
4: and uh, Josh Sooners under the stars brought about two 2025 commitments so, so I tell you what, far. let's uh, oh, we'll, we'll whoop get whoop to whoop that
2: uh, because we're an hour in and we have much more to go still uh, I want to tell you guys uh, dead Soxy, Uh go check them out deadsoxy.com they've just released uh, all new uh, Crimson socks so go t- they're really cool I'm just getting my first look at them now uh, they've got the new team colorways uh, released in the Crimson. Uh, they've got uh, four packs available. Uh, they've even got an eight-pack. If you want to get every single new sock that they've released, uh, get you ready for game days, they're very cool. Plus, they've got the 8-Bit Maker Bayfield still. They've got the the uh, Wagon Socks, which I have both of those. My best friend uh, out in California, Clifton, uh, he just ordered, uh, made a big dead order. he order. T- he sent me a picture of his Maker Bayfields on today. Uh, and it's nice that someone can still have football out in San Francisco. So, uh, that's because he grew up in Oklahoma. so where they really are going to still play football, both in the big 12 in two power two different power five conferences. They might not have a single power five conference out west before this is all said and done. But uh, go represent, go get your crimson uh, colorways. Uh, all the new styles are in. I really like these crimson marls. Uh, the crimson vertical stripe is very cool. Uh, Dead soxy, I demand uh, that you send everyone in the office these. I demand it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a phone call after the pod. Uh, go check them out. Really cool. Use that promo code SCOOP. You'll get 25% off your entire order, even sale items. So if you want to get the uh, the uh, Crimson 4-Pack that's fifty. It's on sale for uh, almost $30 off, you get 25% off more of that too. So go check them out. DeadSoxy.com. Great sponsors. Don't forget the no-shows as well. Crucial in this 100-degree heat. Uh, DeadSoxy.com. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code SCOOP. You'll get 25% off your entire order and as always, stay soxy. And I will now allow you to talk about Sooners Under the Stars. Rapid fire, Josh.
4: Kamori Moore, Elijah Thomas, go.
1: <laughs> uh, Kamori Moore, obviously, that's a, that's a big one for Oklahoma. Continuing that Lee-Summit-North connection. Follows Caden Green, Williams-Wanary we've already talked about, and then obviously Isaiah Mosee, uh, in his class in 2025. Uh, the wide receiver offer, so uh, i i think it's a good win for oklahoma you stack back-to-back kind of nose tackles with jaden jackson in 2024 and now kamari moore in 2025 i I think you're starting to build that kind of athletic physical defensive tackle that oklahoma excuse me nose tackle that oklahoma really wants so Moore will be interesting because unlike jaden jackson who i think is absolutely a pure nose Moore i think has some flexibility could move back and forth a little bit so that that's a, a good win for Oklahoma, uh, Elijah Thomas. Guys, the more I watch him, there's some C.D. Lamb in there. Like, I, and I'm not. I, I like I almost put that in my comparison for his commitment breakdown. And I was like, that's gonna be that's not fair. Like that that's too much to ask of a young guy that really at this point hasn't had to face lead athletes week in a week out. And we don't know how he'll respond to that. But, I mean, say he got into the Army game or the Under Armour game and went down there and just lit it up, I, I would feel comfortable saying, like, this guy is going to be an All-American someday. Like, I, I think he is that gifted and that talented and is just scratching the surface of what he can be. He is so explosive. His acceleration is not normal. Uh, you watch him when he gets outside. And I, people will tell me, oh, it's because he's playing slower guys. no. I've watched people play slower guys that don't outrun people like that. I mean, once he hits the corner, it's over. Like, I I don't care if he was in 6A. Like, he, he is just exceptionally twitchy um, and looks to be one of those guys that's a little faster with the football in his hands. Like, he really – it's just smooth and easy for him. Has a huge catch radius. I think I, – I, I need to ask him to verify, but, I mean, I want to say he's at, like, six foot one, and I would guess his – his, like, wingspan is probably 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, I mean, he is very long and just catches everything. Like, he, he really uh, – again, there is it's – a, it's a testament to how good Kevin Sperry is and C.J. Nixon is that there's even a conversation of who the number one guy in the state of Oklahoma is because Elijah Thomas in nine years out of ten would be the number one guy in the state, and I don't even know it would be that close.
4: Grayson Harris now Thomas that a wake-up call for any of those other 2025 receivers at this point
1: um you know I've mentioned Jaden Nickens a few times in here I don't think it's coincidental because this is what we talk about guys when you get a little momentum going and Emmett Jones uh, again (laughs) well it does not take long talking to him and being around him to know why he's so damn good and so respected like he knows what he's doing. I mean, it, it does. And people say, "Oh, he's pressuring the kids." No, he's not. Hey, man, we, we're going to take four in the in the twenty five class. We've already got two commitments. I'm feeling pretty good about three or four of you guys, and whichever are the first two of you to come are the first two I'm taking. And that's not pressure. That's just an honest statement of the situation. Um, and I think that what's interesting is when you get into the is there does he take an extra guy if it's to Corey and Moore? probably does he take an extra guy? If it's Andrew Marsh, probably, but I don't think the gap between most of these guys is, is that big. Like I think he's got seven or eight guys that he sees. They're all different types of players, but in their, their potential and their talent level, I don't think there's that big of a gap. Like I I think these are high end guys. I mean, People can say, like I said, Elijah Thomas doesn't play against anybody. Elijah Thomas had an Alabama offer. Like that didn't happen by accident. Like they know he is a special talent. Even if I think right now and on three, he's like a top one twenty guy. But I, if he can get in front of some other people, he'll he'll move. Like people will see how unique he is. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I I love what they're doing at receiver. I think you are starting to see a lot of momentum on the offensive line. They're doing a really nice job there. Um, some of my questions in that class are really defensive, which is I, I, I think will take care of itself because that staff is they've got a really good group of defensive recruiters. But I don't see some of the obvious guys that I've seen in years past, like where you said, okay, yeah, you know, David stone's going to be a difference maker that they need to land. Uh, Alex shield Knight from Wagner is an in-state offer. They clearly want him. Uh, he was, he was an under the stars. Um, Gus Cordova from Lake Travis is a guy that I, I've already got a prediction in for. I think Oklahoma is impossible to beat is really strong, but it's not far off. Like th- there's a lot of connection there. And, um, I, I, I have, let's put it this way. I have late Travis on my schedule this year. Um, Eddie's probably going to come down. We won't see him the rest of the weekend. Um, but yeah, so th- there is, um, there's a lot of potential for this defensive class to get there. There's a lot of guys I like for them, but I just don't see some of the elite names just yet that Oklahoma's kind of being mentioned with. It would seem like. You know,
3: because everything's going so well, there it does feel like there's a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail. The last thing that they have to do is go win football games now. And, you know, camp starts tomorrow. If we want to start getting into a little bit of uh, the everything that was yesterday from uh, media day and all that kind of stuff. I
2: don't know if we want to infringe on your, you and George's uh, bromance podcast yesterday. It, it was a little
3: <laughs> bit longer than we thought it was going to go. <laughs> and and he just kept asking questions. It was, was like, Let's be keep a, going it was
2: supposed to be a 10, ten minute, minute interview. <laughs> And turned it in up 40, 40 minutes later, I was like, hey, where the hell are those I guys? thought it
3: was great. Yeah, it was good. It was good.
2: You did a fine job. A,
3: we got into a lot. And, you know, I, I think that coming out of media day yesterday. By the way, it, go
2: to our YouTube channel, Sooner Scoop. It
3: is very interesting just as far as some of the stuff that was said. When you talk about the wide receiver room, when you talk about – uh, you know, all the way down to, you know, something that we hit on at the end of the show was uh, the quarterback and Dylan Gabriel.
2: I'll tell you something interesting, top of my mind, a conversation that I was thinking when you were talking about Grayson Harris. Uh, I was talking to Todd Bates, and I... I, wanted, I No, I'm talking about Grayson Halton now, but you were talking about the recruit yes. Grayson Harris. And Grayson was the thing that hit me. So, Bob, I know what I'm talking about, all right? Um, so I was asking Todd Bates about Grayson Halton, and I said... You know, where is he right? Because he was talking about Laulu and gaining the weight and, you know, what an example he's been in the locker room for everybody. Uh, And I was like, well, what about Grayson Halton? Like, he showed a lot of flashes last year. Could he be a dude for you? And he kind of went into some stuff about, you know, still needing to mature and things like that. Like, I don't know if it was so much, you know, that he's been screwing around or anything like that. But maybe it was just a coach knowing he's a young guy and he wants to push him more. But outside of that, he was very complimentary. He just – he he wasn't willing to call him a finished product, I think is, is mostly what I took from that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because that group is going to be fun to watch because they do have a lot more bodies there, interior – on the de- interior defensive line. And, and Todd Bates was talking about – I don't know if you were over there for this, carry, but he was talking about he wants to have it be a six-man rotation. And so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so Jordan Kelly, Isaiah Co., Terry – Halton. Gilliam. Lacey, Gilliam, Sears. Yeah, we like, the Gilliam's list, just like, kind of been lost pe- in the yeah, cracks I, I, a little bit. Todd
4: gave me a really good answer about Kelvin that I'll transcribe later. It's, uh may, may, made me feel
0: better about where he's he's at. Philpea. I mean, you're talking about they've got some options there. I think the ones that you can definitely count on are, are Jor- Jordan Kelly, Isaiah Coe, Terry, and then I would probably throw Halton into that because – I thought he was pretty impressive last year as a freshman and he's put on the amount of weight that he has and that was another emphasis Todd Bates talked about you know having multiple 300 pounders right, yeah. um, and, and the, the amount of weight that they put on in the offseason and why that was not big just for this year but SEC so they're already thinking about that but that defensive line group is um, definitely going to be an interesting one I think
3: and it, it seems like it's somewhat talented I mean you talk about yeah. somebody like a uh, Dejon Terry who you know we talked to yesterday he is a massive human. A massive human, and if you could pair him against Isaiah Coe and then Rondell Bothroyd and R. Mason Thomas or, you know, whoever, uh, Trace Ford doesn't really matter to me on the defensive end, that's a defensive line that I feel like you can work with a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'm, that's the biggest question, isn't it, though? I mean, like, it's guys that we either don't know about yep. or guys that have, haven't been as productive as you would want, Yo, know, Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly, like, We've been saying, oh, can these guys make a leap? And we haven't seen the leap. Uh, is it there? Is it possible? And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I look at the guys that came, like, pay a guy. Like, I have no idea about this guy. I mean.
4: ACL, trying to come back. Yeah. You're
2: 28 Ka- years old or whatever. Are you just I mean, kind
4: of blowing smoke saying this is the best you've yeah, ever were felt? They, I, I mean, mean <laughs>
2: like, Terry seems like, you know, he's the most likely guy that could make. Jacob Lacey being out. Blood I mean, clots. Yeah. And now that that was confirmed. Where does that all stand? So I, I'm that is I'm the most skeptical about that position for sure.
3: I would agree, but at the same, it, I guess it's do you want to look at a glass half full or glass half empty? And saying I'm that,
2: really not trying to do a doom Potter.
3: No, right. I, I no, I'm I'm just saying that. Do it. It depends on which way you want to go, and you know you do have to fall back on this idea that you know maybe outside of somebody like a Rondell Bothroyd and Trace Ford, like there's a reason why the John Terry is transferring, right? Like, he wasn't going to be an all-American SEC, all-first-team SEC at at Tennessee, or at least I don't think so. Uh, So, you know, you you kind of have to wade those waters, and it's going to be interesting over the next 30 days as they open camp uh, to kind of see how this thing comes together because, you know, Brent said it yesterday. They might have a different front seven for game one against Arkansas State outside of Danny Stutzman than they did all year last year. And, you know, when you look at how they played a year ago, I think it's a good thing, but to sit sit here and say that it's just automatically going to cure everything, you're probably being a little naive
0: as well. Now,
2: George, did you get time to spend with the guy that you're getting the most heat for putting in the starting lineup? Connor Neer? Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, Before I get to Connor Neer, I just quickly looked up. They had uh, three 300-pounders last year on the defensive line, and one of them was uh, Alton Tarver, who I don't think he played. No. 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 Uh, And then this year, they have five. So... Um, obviously an improvement up front got a lot bigger, but yeah, I spent, um, a good amount of time with, with Connor near, uh, that dude, uh, he was one of the more impressive interviews yesterday. I thought he looks um, like a football player. I yeah, mean. no, he, he looks like he's got the size. I think the, the concern with him is what does he look sideline to sideline and, and speed wise. But, uh, one thing that everybody says about him and, and I've talked to, to a few coaches at Fair state is just his football IQ in uh, his instincts. And so I think that that's you something
2: randomly that called coaches at Ferris State and say, hey. I did,
0: I did. And I just said, Hey, what's the deal with this guy? <laughs> Who is this guy? And it's uh, called reporting. Folks. They, it's they, they, they raved, they raved about him. Um, and there's no hard feelings. You would think that maybe they would be upset. They're like, no, we, we knew he could go play at a bigger program, um, you know, in the power five. And so, um, you know, they're excited about him. And I think he's a guy that you know, they said that he's one of the smarter guys. And, and you you think about Brent, right? And he's a guy that wants somebody that's going to go out there and understand the defense uh, and not make those mistakes. And so and I think he also has got a chip on his shoulder because I asked him straight up. I was just like, you know, there's a lot of people that think that um – I have some people walking in. you? <laughs> <Ariel. laughs> uh. Some people, just who, who like, people? some
2: people just use our lobby to just walk through sometimes yeah, or our well, reception room.
0: They should buy a T-shirt. But uh, anyways, they, uh, what did I ask? Oh, I asked him straight up. You know, a lot of people from the outside say, "Fair State, Division Two, what's he doing at Oklahoma? You know, does that, you know, motivate you in any way or anything? He's like, he's like, well, I, I you know, I think anybody that plays at Oklahoma has something to prove. So, yeah, I definitely feel like I have something to prove. So, uh, I think he's kind of embracing. Uh, I, I think he's definitely seen the amount of hate. I mean, he's also talked about – the amount of tension on you. He's like, he's like, I can't believe how many people are here at media day interviewing me and, and you know, things like that. So I think it's a, an eye-opening experience for him. I and mean, he talked about 20,000 people is the most he's ever played in front of. Um, so that's going to be different for him, but uh, I don't know. We'll see it. There was a lot of talk about canuck yesterday too. It uh, sounds like Brent, feels really good about the progress that he's made
2: i'm kind of rooting for connor near to be a starter because that'll just make that'll make paul feinbaum lose his mind and say this team is not sec ready they've got a division two starter.
0: i want him to start just so i can flip everybody else off on the board because they're sure well don't don't do that no no but you know (laughs) they all called me crazy and i'm like hey man i don't know that's what brent brent loves the guy
3: this is this is something though that's been growing almost since day one when he signed or you know committed, whatever yeah. you want to call it, out of the transfer portal was the fact that they weren't bringing him in just to be a placeholder. It, right. I mean, they're bringing him in to be somebody that can be a difference maker. And you look at every one of those transfers, and, George, you wrote about this yesterday, there is a plan for all of these guys, whether it be a Troy Everett, who I thought was lovely to talk to yesterday, uh, or a Connor Near, or a DeJount Terry. Or Rondell Bothroyd, you know the list goes on and on. Even somebody like a uh, Luke Elzinga that they brought in for the uh, the punning job, he's named to the Ray Guy Award today. So uh, watch list. So I, it it's they have to have these guys be difference makers. They have to have the light come on. There can't be any, uh, you know, kind of well, he's trying to understand the defense that kind of stuff. Yep. And I think that's going to be the most interesting thing is just how that goes. But it does seem like they're going after. Football players, and I think if there's anything that we can say about the staff and their resume, Brent Venables can find a football player. Yeah, like yeah. I'm yeah. not worried about
0: that. Well, go go watch Connor Near's tape. Like I don't know if anybody's gone and wat. Like I went and watched his tape. The dude like can play some football. Like he he, you can see him the way that he sees the game. And I, I just looked it up. He's the same. He's the exact same size as Jaron Canick. Jaron Canick six two two thirty two. Connor Neers six one two thirty two. So it, the, he definitely doesn't lack size also I know a lot of people point to his stats weren't very good last year the first six games he played outside linebacker they moved to the middle linebacker and his stats went way up um, and so that's part of why his stats were, were a little bit different but I think he's going to play and I think you're going to see a rotation there but I mean also like yeah. look at last year they didn't have anybody to back up Agwebu and, and Danny Stutzman they no. didn't, they didn't no. have that's like the
3: number one thing and I know that you're going to write about it this weekend but you know, you and it's been something that they talked about at the uh, the coaches' uh, luncheon last week that we went to. George, it there were so many players that were playing over a hundred snaps in the game, and you know, maybe it doesn't matter in the first, second, third week, but when you start piling up injuries and just the everything that comes with uh, a season, you can't be doing that. You cannot be doing that and playing guys hundred. Snaps a game, it just can't it's happen. not just physically, right? Might, right? Mentally? Well, some of them might just be pussies, but it. No, well, I mean, when right, it comes right, right, though, all,
2: all the you know close losses, I mean, defense not being able to get off the field at sure. the end of games. I mean, sure, the Baylor game, West or West Virginia, they were awful I mean, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, in those I games. I mean, it's it's you need to have depth in order to be able to go out there and play your best football. One hundred when it matters the most.
3: One hundred percent,
2: and I, you know, it. And it would be shocking to me if Brent, after spending a year and two recruiting sessions to not put together a capable linebacking corps, it would be shocking.
3: Yeah, we'll be... And I'll I know be slamming Roof, my hand on the panic button
1: if that happens. I know yep. TD
2: Roof going down certainly, you know, hurt a lot last year, but it seems like they're ready to finally kind of be good at that position.
3: Sure, And I, you know, I, I think that you when you get out of that front 7 and we're not even
2: talking about McCullough and what he could bring to the defense sure
3: and there were some interesting questions asked to uh, Miguel Chavez about what he's going to do with him at defense <laughs> then but i you know it 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 does seem like and we should say we talked about it on the uh youtube show last night george and bob and it it just yesterday was for all the younger guys that's why we didn't talk to Saul McCullough. Like, yep. we didn't talk, we didn't talk to Danny we didn't talk to uh
0: you know, Dylan Gabriel, the list goes on and on of returning
2: they know, guys. Britton so. knows that's going to come.
0: Sure. I was going to ask, did you guys uh, get a chance to speak with some of the receivers? Any guys that – I know Nick Anderson was out there. Petaway was out there. Um, I think Brennan Thompson had some interesting Thompson, things to say. Yeah, he he's was really good.
2: About, people were expecting kind of like a – Oh, Texas was terrible. I hated it. And like Yeah. He very was, appreciative yeah. of I, Texas. Yeah.
3: I think at the end of the day, he showed up in Austin and it just wasn't him. He didn't vibe with it. I you know, a kid coming from uh the panhandle of West Texas, it it just was different for him. And I think that getting to
0: Norman has helped. Well, I think Emmett Jones, and, and we can get into Emmett sure. Jones because I thought he was really he was impressive awesome. yesterday. But, you know, I think that he played a huge role in that. It sounds like they had a really close relationship and I mean, I, you, you were seeing that on the recruiting trail. Now he's he's building very genuine relationships. But that room in general, it just feels like, we, and we've talked about it a million times. But there's just so many unproven guys. But it feels like Brennan Thompson's a guy that they're maybe counting on to to contribute.
2: I mean, he and Andrew Anthony to me are the two biggest guys that could turn things around the fastest. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know – I mean, we saw Andrell in the, in the spring game. You know, nobody really threw the ball that well down the field. I mean, Blake Smith was a hero with one hand. I mean, like, that was the, one of the bigger plays. But, like, Drake Stoops, Gavin Freeman, Jalil Farouk. I mean, I think we know – I'm not even sure about Austin Stogner. I mean, when I talked to Joe John yesterday, he made the entire – every question almost about Stogner. So, I mean, he's really trying to rebuild his confidence because he had that staff infection when he was here. He missed an entire year but only played in that Cotton Bowl game. Uh, at the and he was super skinny. Remember in that game, like you you saw him. You like is that really Austin Stogner? Then he goes to South Carolina. He plays with a quarterback that's just average. I'm sorry, I'm always gonna take my little shot. Um, but you know, his confidence needs to be re- rebuilt. And, and Joe John talked about that. So I don't know how big a factor he's gonna be at tight end.
4: And it's gonna be scary he get if, open? if like, he's not because Caden Helms is still hurt. Jason Llewellyn is still hurt. If, if Stogner can't can't bring it, that's gonna be a very good. Could have had Jake son.
1: Roberts. Could have had Jake Roberts. Yep. Well, and it and it comes down
2: to also, you know, Nick Anderson, like you said, we talked to him yesterday. I like the little bit that we saw from him in the bowl game. Uh but he barely played last year. And Jaden Gibson, his biggest contribution has come in a spring game two years ago, with yeah. a quarterback that never even played. I think
0: Nick Anderson can be really good. He's has gotta too. be healthy. Yeah. And and it sounded like he is as healthy as he's ever been. So can he keep that up through fall camp? how thin he is? I mean, not really, because you see him out there and he looks thin. So, I, I wasn't super surprised. I mean, I don't know what... Just in person, I what thought... He, what does he weigh, I wonder? I don't know. Let me look. I have the roster pulled up. Let's I see. actually thought he looked bigger than I was expecting. I was about really? to say, I thought yeah. he looked like he was a little bit he, more he filled was, out than he was in the skinny, spring. He was skinny, skinny last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I guess 209.
3: so. Okay. I mean... It, what was he last year? 6-2? 6-4. Yeah, uh, yeah he's, a, he's a big kid. I... The whole thing is – the, the wide receiver position is, is super interesting, and I, I think right now I'm kind of banking on the idea that, uh, you know, Emmitt Jones is going to be able to develop these guys a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's his track record. Uh, the other his thing,
2: though, resume what is, tell you that it does. Nick is,
0: Anderson's put on 10 pounds, by the way.
2: What does Dylan do? I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like, does sure. he fall in love with – we know he's going to trust Jaleel Farouk. We sure. know he's going to trust Drake. Like, he's got to build that with Gavin. He's got to build that with Stogner. He's got to build that with Anthony or, you know – Anderson or whoever we're talking about. Thompson, I mean. Yeah.
3: yeah, and it has to come together fast. Yep. I, th- I think that's the biggest thing coming out of camp is they have to come out uh, playing really good football and moving, uh, depending, you know, whoever they may be playing. It, it, it's almost imperative that they are because if they don't,
0: we've been around this before. Like, people are going to turn on it. Yeah. yeah, I will say as much as there's concern for the receiver room, I feel very confident That the running game is going to be pretty good. Like, I I feel like they're going to run the ball really well. I think they feel really good about the running backs they have. I thought it was interesting that, you know, Caleb Hicks has had the best summer of a freshman that DeMarco Murray's ever seen, I think was the quote he said.
2: Now, I did not get over there with Bill because (laughs) when he sat down, he's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Like, it was (laughs) very good. I was like, I was like, okay, I don't. Know. I'm, I'm going to go. Emmett he was Jones good. Is So fun. I'm going to go talk to him. Real,
3: qu- real quick before we move on to offensive line because uh-huh. I do want to talk about some stuff over there. I came across some uh, su- some summer numbers. Okay. Fastest acceleration. Gavin. Gavin. Fastest deceleration. Which Farouk. I didn't even know that they kept. Farouk. Gavin.
2: Okay, these are all going to be Gavin.
3: <laughs> he had he had the fastest acceleration, fastest deceleration, fastest lateral, fastest 10 yard. Wow. I mean, he had an unbelievable summer. Yeah. And he I mean, he, it's obvious that when he turns the corner and, you know, I I think that there is a little bit of a legend there that when you score on your first touch in your career as a walk-on, it's always going to kind of follow you. I think it's just about him kind of becoming comfortable of being a guy
2: can I say something at the uh, threat of Jason Freeman possibly kicking my ass? <laughs> I don't know. To me, Gavin looks like a dirty Ryan Gosling. I think that's,
1: I think that's a, compliment. a compliment. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Gosling. Don't, I, don't, I don't think we are going to be mad okay. about that.
2: Well, I don't know what Jason. I mean, he, you know, he gets mad mm. at me and Sooner Scoop every once in a while. And I don't know. I guess I don't really know why. You can field that phone call. <laughs> I'll I- do it. I'll tell Jason I was there at TCU. Cheering him on. What's a, what's a realistic expectation though for Gavin?
0: Because uh, obviously, I, I think that, I mean, he got a ton of praise yesterday, put a lot of pressure on him. I feel like to to be a guy. But is it safe to say, 400, 500 receiving yards, five I, touchdowns? Like, what's the realistic? I just don't know what the like what well, those we numbers look, last look like. Last
2: year, like the leading receiver was out thirteen hundred last year. Yes, Marvin Mims. Mims.
0: He was the leading receiver the last three years. But I feel like I mean Drake Stoops. We talk about Drake. I don't think his stats were just no, they were no, they're they're not no. And that's who he's he's behind. I would assume they're you know,
2: but he's also the big play guy. Like I mean, yeah, I know when Gavin got in, he did outstanding things. It just wasn't very much, but like he's going to be the guy that Dylan goes to on third and two.
3: Well, and I think that they're going to do some different things, and we saw it a little bit at the end of the year in the bowl game where they're going to have packages for him, Mm -hmm. and whether you know. Whether you incorporate a, a Jackson Arnold or whoever in a package, there's going to be certain things I think that they're going to be able to do, but all of that is contingent upon them being good up front, right? And I think that you know it. It, it was really interesting hearing Jeff Levy talk about the offensive line yesterday, and he put out the uh, you know kind of like a quote unquote starters. You can you can believe it or you cannot believe it. I it doesn't really matter to me. I think everybody knows how Bill works. They're, he's going to find the right five. I, for some reason, and George, we talked about this yesterday. I'd love to hear what you guys think. I almost feel more confident about what they have at the starting tackle positions as they're trying to replace Anton Harrison and Wanya Morris with Walter Rouse and Tyler Guyton. I just have questions on what they do inside and, you know, how does Troy Everett fit into that? It it certainly feels like they want Savion Bird to go win the job at left at left guard and that's almost kind of like a coaching thing that's why he wasn't really truly named yesterday yeah as the quote-unquote starter going into camp i it just feels like they want him to go work his ass off over the next month and win that job no questions about it and then you have a left guard and a left tackle and walter rouse and Savion bird yeah how does jake taylor fit into that mm-hmm. like they have bodies caleb schaefer i just I don't know. It's kind of weird. Can Troy Everett beat out Andrew Rain? What happens at right guard? Are they just dead set on starting Matwire?
0: Mat- Sounds like it. I mean, they, I mean they, Josh. He, he was mentioned as somebody that was uh, a leader. A leader by yeah, Brian. Mean. Yep. <sighs> yeah.
3: I, what do you think about Dang. the Savion <sighs> Bird angle, though? It almost feels like they just want him to go win the job.
1: Yeah, with, with I mean, with Bird, that just reeks of the old – I mean, because I remember Bob doing this all the time when he would just, you know, like clearly put a bullseye on a guy and say, you're either going to sink or, or swim. And, and that's what this feels like with Savion Bird because I don't think there's any question that the ceiling of this offensive line is a lot higher with Savion Bird on the field than – like uh, the Everett kid, who is a good player, but is probably best served as a center, and I think that is the long-term plan for him. But I, uh, obviously, Bill Bebo's is going to be happy that he can provide some competition and push Savion Bird. To me, I'm a little concerned that they're still having to, res- to resort to these things. Like, it, it feels like at some point the lights got to go on and say, now, now's the time, man. Like, go, go take this job and make it yours. Because I would say, with the exception of Tyler Guyton, of the guys I expect to start this year, he's easily the most talented player on that offensive line.
2: Um, and I don't know. Was, was there – by the way, first question is, are you selling dishes out of your house? Uh, second question, how much did rain come up yesterday? It sounds like somebody's
1: packing dishes all the time at your house. At my house? Mm-hmm. Does anybody no. else hear that dish sound? I no, hear I hear nothing. No, I, I can tell you what it is. It's my damn chair squeaking every okay. time I move. No. So I need to, yeah. I I, I, <laughs> I I didn't know that you could pick up on that so well, but yeah, I can fix that. So uh, I apologize to all the listeners that are as pissed off as Carrie is. No, um, but
2: but how much did Rain come up talking to Bill yesterday at all?
1: Not very,
0: from what I remember and mm-hmm. from what I was around. Well, Not it was, very. It was just also interesting, the offensive line, Labby lists it and yeah, then 5 yeah. minutes later we go to Bill and he's like there's a lot of competition yeah. and it's like <laughs> okay so which one is it and <laughs> i think part of that's just bill being bill but uh it, it's very clear i didn't hear him talk about Rame but he loves him some Troy Everett i'll say that he he raved about Troy Everett Interesting. um and i thought I, I didn't get the the chance to speak with Troy a whole, a whole lot but um, listening to the audio back from what you guys got he was he sounded pretty impressive he
3: kind of and i clearly not comparing the games, but he had a little bit of Ben powers in him. I thought like just the way that he kind of functions, you could see that like, he's definitely a very smart player. uh, Somebody that, you know, wants to, he said it, ask a lot of questions. He said that he's leaned on Jacob Sexton a ton as far as, you know, what happens here? If I go here, or if the linebacker comes here, what do I need to do? That kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, Bill brought it up that he was really impressed with what he did against Texas a and M a a year ago uh, and, uh, while he was at Appalachian State. So, you know, I it's almost kind of imperative that, like, we talk about this offense and, you know, them improving. I just remember an offensive line that couldn't pick up a yard
0: against Oklahoma State, like, unfortunately. And how much of that, though, was also, like, I felt like, and we can get into this if we want, but, just the scheme of rushing to the line and trying to rush up there and run a play. I, I feel like yeah. that was an issue at times. Cause I, I don't think the offensive line was, I mean, they led the, the lead, the big 12 in rushing sure. in it last year. So sure. I, I, they could run the ball. I just think at times the, the play calling honestly just was a little bit head scratching. Yeah, when it came to has those situations. Better.
2: Well, and I thought, I thought Lebby kind of owned up to that. Like he, you know, he, he mentioned first down, you know, he was asked the same thing about third and fourth down. And, mentioned that they've got to be better on first down. And, and I think, you know, talking to him on the side even, it's just like he gets it. Like, he's at Oklahoma. It wasn't good enough last year. He's really – and that was the thing, too, about, like, Brent and all the coaches, just talking about how much they put into the off season to try and fix the things. or get, not, They never really used the word fix, but just be better, to get better.
0: Well, and I think they're aware the pressure is on. I mean, I, even the little jab that the fan took at the coach's luncheon that went viral about, <laughs> are you going to score against Texas? And Levy's like, well, if I don't, I'm not going to be here. I mean, yeah. like, they understand the the pressure and the expectation that they, they have to go win this year.
3: It's one of those things, too, that it ultimately doesn't matter. But, you know, Levy being a quote-unquote OU guy, he gets it. Yeah. He understands what's going on around here. They have to be better offensively. And I think that... There are some pieces in place, and when you get to that running back room, it's really exciting. Like uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk what you saw in the bowl game, you can't base you know what their careers are going to be based off one game. But there's a lot to like there. There's you know, in we've seen flashes of somebody like a Marcus Major, and then what you said about Caleb Hicks, it's it's rather exciting to see what he's done with that room. Uh, but you know, this whole thing has to come together.
0: Agreed. Did you guys find it interesting at all that I think it was Brent, maybe it was Jeff that said uh, that Arnold's trying to push for a role on this team, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think I think then maybe one of the other also said, like, yeah, we're going to find ways to to use him. I think maybe that was Jeff and Brent said that Jackson's pushing for a role. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they use him, especially early in the year.
2: Well, I mean, Eddie and I talked about that. Like, it only helps Oklahoma if he gets on the field a little yeah. bit this year yeah. going into the mm-hmm. SEC. Yeah. No I doubt. mean, you don't want – And let him want run go the to, offense. Yeah, sure. you don't want him going to the SEC you know, just completely raw. I mean, yeah. complete, a complete rookie. Well, I
0: wonder if we see – I know last year in games there was moments, especially later in the season, it felt like that they would rotate everyone out yeah. except for yep. Dylan. And the I wonder – Complete line changes. Yeah, I wonder if they do that this year and they – Throw Jackson out there. I don't know.
4: I can't hurt. You just got to let him run the offense, not just hand the ball off and try to run the
2: clock out. I've said, you know, because what we talked about earlier, where Dylan's got to get comfortable with all these receivers, like, don't do it early. You know, let Dylan kind of find his place and Mm -hmm. prove himself and, and, you know, get comfortable with his new receivers. But then, you know, when you feel like that's happening, then bring in Jackson.
0: Did you guys realize Dylan is only 2,874 yards away from being a top-10 all-time passer in college football? It it wow. was
3: one of those things when Jeff Lebby said it. It You know, I think everybody goes, what? what What's he talking about? And then you look at the numbers, and it does make sense to a certain extent well, because of a lot the lot numbers of that he's put up. Mm. And the I, offense he's in. I think that that's why they feel so comfortable about, you know, him coming back and being the quarterback of this team is that he has played a ton of football. And, you know, I— And he was good at portions of the season, particularly at the end of the year last year. Mm -hmm. It just, it has to be more consistent, obviously. And I, you know, the way that this offense goes, it's going to start with him.
2: I will say being around him, like he seems like, you know, the, the, the weight of the world is off his shoulders a little bit.
3: He seems very comfortable with where he's at in, uh, you know, quote
1: unquote, the latter stages of what is going to be his college career. Yeah. This is not the Doom Pod, right? We're not doing nope. it now. That's no, that's okay. next week. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'll hold off. Got it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw Josh's comments on Dylan on the, the board chat. So I, I think I, I think no, I know I, where I Josh stands. Th- I
2: think there'll be some exploration about Plan Bs next week on the Doom Pod. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that's what you're
1: referring to. Uh, it just, I, I don't know. Like I, I next week.
3: Yeah. Next <laughs> yeah. week we're already almost two hours in. I will die on this hill, but it's you know, just going back and logging all those games last year, mm-hmm. there were so many drops.
2: Yes. Yeah. So many yeah. drops.
3: And I I I still think if they just win two more games last year, I know that this is revisionist history, but the narrative surrounding Gabriel, the narrative surrounding I guess to a certain extent the program, it's just so much different. Yeah. If, you, if, the, you, if you win eight games last year, all of a sudden.
2: What was that game? It was raining in Mims. Virginia. West
3: Virginia.
0: West
2: yeah. Virginia, Mims dropped Mims, a touchdown. It was, touchdown. Well, it was yep. awful. Then he went and put gloves on. And we and talked about the Emmett Jones earlier. Yeah.
0: I wonder what kind of effect can he have on the on that group fundamentally. Because I think at times last year, and you heard it yesterday, Jeff Lebby said some of the things we're focusing on, route running detail. And I thought, yeah. you, you go back and you watch the tape, the route running wasn't great last year. They dropped balls. They weren't in the places they were supposed to be. Can Emmett Jones? Obviously, we've seen what he's done on the recruiting trail. But can he be a guy that helps this 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 team develop and and be better fundamentally?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things to you know. Jalil Farouk does he get treated like a number one where he was successful because he Marvin Mims was on the field and took away attention? Like, all, I mean, how got, does that affect compared to Drake Percy Stoops? Harvin yesterday? I know it's crazy. It's <laughs> just like. But that's the thing. I it's like see it. We yeah. know that he has a ton of athletic ability, and he has the ability to be like as good a receiver as Oklahoma's had come through here. But it's all potential at this point. Yeah, and that's where
3: I think you stop short of saying like, okay, this. If there were some guys returning on the wide receiver position that had already like truly produced numbers that made you go wow, it'd be a lot easier for me to get to eleven and one, ten and two. Yeah. Right yeah. now, it's it's just kind of you look at the schedule and yeah, they're going to be favored in a lot of football games this season. It just has to all come together. And you know, again, I think that's glass half full or glass half empty, whichever way you want to look at it.
0: Do they, do they have a, a thousand yard receiver on this roster? Do you think?
2: Yeah. Jill Farouk.
0: I think so. Marvin Mims was 1083 080, yards. So he would barely, got barely over a thousand he might've roster. went over it against Seminoles.
2: I mean, the reason I say that about Farouk is he's a get behind the defense type of guy. Yeah. And the more that that becomes an option for Dylan Gabriel, he likes to throw the deep ball. Yeah, no, so see he's going to be looking for it for
4: Rook as a running back, like they tried to yeah. so 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 many times. They or, really don't need to. I or mean, if they just let the him be is, a receiver,
2: do they have a running back that can be a receiver a little bit in their offense? They can you know line up in the backfield, split out, a la, you know, Demarco when he was here.
0: They didn't have a, a thousand yard receiver in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. So that's I I don't think they do. Currently. I mean, and they don't have to. But if they have a couple guys that can get to 600, 700, 800. Right. Well, we don't, yeah. then you're what, fine.
2: we don't know what we don't know what Jones's rotation's going to yeah. be either. The reason it, that Marvin was a 1000-yard receiver is because LaDainian Tomlinson never rotated
3: I well, in Washington, Washington. Well, it'd be sweet if Ladanian Tomlinson <laughs> was on the staff. That'd be uh, badass. I'm getting confused between. <laughs> but
0: yeah didn't Emmett say yesterday and Eddie, you might have been over there for this. He said that the way in a perfect world, he would like to every two four three, deep. Yeah. Every one. Well, and and he said every two, three plays you'd rotate. Yeah. Guys and then in, that he wants at every single spot a four deep. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you are going to see a little bit more of a rotation this year than you
1: did last year. Well, guys, I-, I talked about this when Levy came in. You can go back and look at UCF and Old Miss. He's never rotated a lot of receivers. Now that maybe maybe at UCF and Old miss the same deal. He didn't feel like he had enough numbers. Like I, I don't know the answer, but there is a continuous thing where they don't rotate a lot of players. like it, and you can go back, it wasn't just last year at Oklahoma. There is other data to say that that's something that he just doesn't do a lot. And I don't know if that's something he communicates to the wide receivers coaches or if that's just coincidence. But at some point, at three different schools under three different head coaches, that doesn't feel like a coincidence to me. Um, But uh, last year, I mean, I just looked up the numbers. He had five receivers over 100 uh, snaps and then three, five, five that were like averaged about 40. you know for the whole season so i i don't know i mean like and i i think that does help the idea of a thousand yard receiver because you're going to be out there enough to do that but i i think the rotation thing is something jeff levy just doesn't do a lot of that that's just my impression
2: yeah i mean we're going to learn a lot about this season in in play calling you know emmett jones the tight end position i there's you know, who's going – are they going to have, you know, Javante Barnes as their main running back or is they going to split it between he and Satchuk and see, you know, who who comes out on top there? Like, Marcus Major, he going to be – is he going uh, uh, to be a factor again? Like, I I want to say that his name was brought up by DeMarco yesterday without it even being prompted. Oh, I, a,
0: I asked him directly about Marcus, yeah. but um – it sounds like he likes him a lot. He likes having an older guy in the room, and yeah. mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a matter of staying healthy. Can you rely on him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean, and what does his role look like? Because even I think Barnes or Sawcheck, are, those are your guys. But can Major be uh you know do like almost like a Trey Sermon role that he played in like 2018, where he comes in in the fourth quarter, a little bit he's of a f- closer, yeah, and he's guy. a physical yep. back. You know, can he be that guy? I don't know. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, a you know gotten better in pass pro we see a guy that can come in on third down be a third down back i don't know um but i I, they've got options in the running back room i'm just not concerned about running back right now
2: all right uh another very long pod but uh i think Went pretty fast for me, so I we enjoyed. didn't even talk
0: about conference realignment, which is happening as we as we speak.
2: Yeah, the whole Apple Plus deal. I mean, that's just
0: well, you see the the new news that the Big, Big Ten's Ten basically going after Oregon and Washington and possibly Cal and Stanford. And Florida State is on a, is in a Border Regents meeting right now, talking about Not realignment. left
1: out. Yeah. Well, and did you see their comments with our Florida State site where he was like, we're we're feel comfortable with the grant of rights. We can do this if we want to do it kind of thing. Yeah. That was strong. And
3: Andy Staples put out a tweet, I think it was yesterday, just kind of talking about, you know, everybody goes to the grant of rights stuff and says, well, Clemson and Florida State would never pay that to get out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. And it's almost kind of you got to start thinking, is it, is it worth that investment to get out of the ACC knowing that you would be left so far behind everybody else that you're recruiting around like, in the long run, are you actually losing that money anyway? Are you so dying a slow death? Might, might yeah. as well pay it now. And, you know, I, yeah, I think that point. if anybody has learned anything about conference realignment, it's you kind of got to stay ahead of that curve without knowing what the curve's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I, if the Big Ten goes to 18, how does the SEC respond to that? It just, it, it's, it's wild.
2: I don't know how much money is at Clemson compared to like a Florida state though. I have no idea. Like, are they more on like an Oklahoma state level where Mm. they need a big donor Clemson? Yeah.
0: I don't
3: think
1: so. I mean, I
0: know it's a
3: small town, but I would imagine there's quite a few, quite a bit of, money. but I gotta think,
2: I gotta think South Carolina has more resources than Clemson does in terms of donor involvement. I really don't know.
3: I mean, I have have Missouri trying to pay $750,000. For somebody, I, <laughs> money's just—it's an object right now. It's not. It
2: just depends on who you got. I mean, OU you seems to be doing pretty well too.
3: That's what uh, that was Hunter Decker's thing. Just depends on who you got on the parlay card.
2: <laughs> By the way, uh, Eddie and I are gonna—we're gonna finish off the uh, rebuilding of the network. I just want my my final grievance of the day is what the f is happening with batteries and the cost of batteries. It was like $17 to buy two 9-volt batteries today.
1: It's insane. Nine, yeah. Especially like when you, you have, have two daughters. You kids with toys. Toy. Yep. Like, how
2: have we not advanced past the, the battery as well? Like, The guess, only
3: name that comes to mind is Joe Biden. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he wants to make everything electric, so he's evil incarnate. The car thing.
1: Well, I mean, my my thought was, well, Elon has done it, so you know, I mean, we're we're all on the same page here.
2: Yeah, and what did Elon just batteries money to do. everywhere? Well, I mean, those are like battery batteries, like the like a double A battery, like just a shitty little battery that lasts for a week. I mean, like unless it's in a remote, it lasts forever. But how have we? And I know they have like the lithium ones now, but it's like even the shitty ones cost. You know, like I, I was telling George like when I came in here, I used to have a Sam's Club membership, and the only reason I used it for was to buy AA batteries to in give bulk, to Eddie. Which is, yeah. which is what yeah. I do. Like, I, would, I would go and get, like what were those, like 40 packs of AA batteries that yeah. I'd give you? You just go through them yeah. all? And that was like 32 bucks. I mean, it's insane. $17 for two 9-volt batteries. Nobody even uses 9-volt batteries.
4: Tell that to the toy company.
2: <laughs> I feel so bad for you guys now all of a sudden. That'll be your next negotiated n- negotiation <laughs> meeting, Bob, is just say, look, the batteries, batteries. are getting too expensive. <laughs> I need a raise. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, unless anybody else has anything they want to shoot out there.
0: Nope. I don't think so. Do we break the record for the longest pot?
2: 153. It's close. I, I think we've done two hours. We're before. almost right
3: I up I think we it. have two.
0: It... Uh, yeah,
3: it's here. I mean, it is
2: here. All right, we will be back. Uh, also, don't forget SoonerScoop, uh, youtube.com slash Scoop. We'll be getting more and more content out. We're about to get the pod going uh, live, which I know Josh cannot wait uh, so he can make fun of us for all the things we're doing in the office. Uh, I, I, what's so bizarre? I don't think the arcade games have been on all month. I, I think they might have been on like three or four times. We've been we working too much. I know, it's ridiculous. Uh, I I have taken every opportunity to play as much NBA Jam with the Detroit Pistons with Bill Lambeer and Isaiah Thomas, though. I'm getting pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Great to hear. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's going to do it. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, and just keep checking out our YouTube channel. Eddie, I know, is very excited about doing more content, and George as, as well. So you'll keep seeing more and more uh, breakdowns on our YouTube channel. So uh, go subscribe to that uh, and hit that notification bell. Also, we, we got an order from the Sooner Scoop store uh, as we are doing the podcast. So go check it out, Soonerscoopstore.com. We've got everything ready to go. Our, our uh, merch uh, you know, shipping station is rebuilt, so we're ready to start shipping that stuff out again. Uh, Soonerscoopstore.com Get yourself a hat, t-shirt. we still got Lindsey Street. Still need to put the pressure on with Lindsey Street. uh, uh, Not a done deal at this point. So thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com